Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening. This is Kenneth Figue. Long before streaming and even television, radio was the entertainment medium of choice around the world. Just as we once gathered around the glowing halo of our television sets, families would gather close to the radio and be plunged headfirst into radio drama, the theater of the mind. In Schenectady, New York, in September of 1922, radio station WGY performed the very first production of what we know as full-cast radio drama, with sound effects and music. It captivated audiences, and for generations and many decades since, we dimmed the lights for thrills and chills. Tonight, the Voice of Palooza players invite you to journey with us far into the future and slightly to the left, as we return to the Commonwealth of Fallout 4. Two years have passed since the events we experienced there, and as you'll see, our actions then and continued actions now had some unintended consequences for our companions and friends. Locations and scene changes will be accompanied by this sound. A gong. In the tradition of one of my heroes of old-time radio, Arch Obler. Now dim the lights, pop some corn, and grab an iced-cold Nuka-Cola. And if you can, most importantly, support our fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association with a goal to end this terrible disease. One in nine of us will have it by the time we turn 65, and it begins 20 years or more before memory loss and other symptoms occur. One in three seniors today dies from it, victims of a disease that robs you of all that you are before taking you fully. For those that love us, this slow process also takes a toll on our loved ones, the cost as well as the physical and mental toll holding on to us is overwhelming. The guilt of making choices for ones we love, who raised us, cared for us, is something we just learn to live with. We can make a difference. Any dollar amount helps, and tonight this production is dedicated in loving memory of all of those taken from us before they were taken. So, without further ado... The following program is an original play inspired by and written for Fallout 4, and while many of the original voice actors reprise their roles from Fallout 4, this story is a fantastic work of fiction, and is no way, shape, or form considered canon. If it was considered canon, it would be preceded by the sound of the canon canon. As you can hear from the silence, this is simply fun for funds. Or a fever dream. You decide.
DCR, DCR, you've tuned in to DCR. That's right. This is Diamond City Radio, the radio voice of the Commonwealth. Tonight, live from the city of Diamonds, in the heart of the Commonwealth. Detective Nick Valentine, synthetic sleuth, chasing down the truth no matter where it leads. This week and every week, the Commonwealth Save State Assurance Society presents another thrilling adventure mystery transcribed from the case files of Detective Nick Valentine, the synthetic sleuth. But first, a message from our sponsor. Come out of there! We're coming in! Look, Mac, and there's two of us and only one of you. So what's it going to be? That cap's in your safe? Or the cap's in your face? <laughs> Good one, split lip. <laughs> oh, Roger. Whatever are we going to do? Raiders at the door. Cam fiends at the back. And only 15 minutes until the girls arrive for bridge and cocktails. Those foul-mouthed fiends. Those caps are for the orphans stuck in refrigerators leap fund. If only I hadn't traded my fat man nuclear catapult for a core vega on cinder blocks. Curse my short-sighted hubris. Oh, Sue, what are we to do? Yes, friends, what are you to do in times of crisis, when just three inches of composite wood stands between you and being deprived of life and limb? At the Commonwealth Save State Assurance Society, for over a century, we've provided life assurance services for proud New England families as a sure safety net in times of trial. It's in pickles such as this that we ask ourselves... I wish I had a gun. Uh, who are you talking to? That's right. Have I saved enough? And you save enough to support yourselves and your family in the event of fire? Windstorm, multi-chain abandoned car explosion, raider attacks, or accidental cannibal parasite? What? Now you're getting it. Safe equals saved. Look, I don't know who you're talking to in there, but we're busting in there on the count of ten. In the event of sudden death, Disfigurement or dismemberment at the Commonwealth Save State Assurance Society provides 10 minutes of time at an affordable premium, starting at just 1,000 caps. Just 1,000 caps? Time's up, brownstones. <laughs> We're coming in! We'll take it! We'll take it! Sign it, Roger, quickly, before they scuff my lacquered woodblock. Special delivery! <laughs> hey, the door's fixed. My lacquered woodblock, no longer spattered with our life's blood and remains. Oh, see how it shines. Look, Roger. Look at the time. It's ten minutes ago. That's right. Safe equals save. Out of there, we're coming in. Look, Mac, <laughs> there's two of us and only one of you. So, what's it gonna be? Caps in your safe, or the caps in your face? I <laughs> <laughs> get one split lip. <laughs> well, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to die again, aren't we? 
Ha ha ha! Yes, you are. The Commonwealth Save State Assurance Society. Your safety net when life needs a rollback. And now, we join our synthetic sleuth at the start of another thrilling adventure. That of the mysterious and otherworldly Death Shroud Affair. A gloomy fog has drifted in over the inky, irradiated waters of Boston Harbor. The once-glittering spires of finance and industry stand silent witness to the jungle of vice, sin, and despair below. And yet in the heart of the city of the future, whose future never came, a milky halo of light and hope shines above Diamond City. Hurrying along a maze-like alley of streets lined with rusty sheet metal houses, a woman clutches a shawl close, eyes darting in fear. She stops, looks, and there, like a beacon in the gloom, a red heart and a name known to all in the Commonwealth. Nick Valentine, Detective Agency. You looking for a... Hey, hey, you all right, miss? Here, pull up a chair. Oh, you're shaking like a leaf. Oh, thank you, thank you, I... Oh. Hey, no, 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 it's, it's okay, just... Here, have a cup of joe, just poured it. Stuff takes like whooping tar, but it's steadying in your nerves. Thank you. Oh. I heard that the synth... Uh, Mr. Valentine. Yes, sorry, I mean, Mr. Valentine. That he's helped people, help find people. Well, last time I checked, that's what we do here. It's... it's my Edgar. Oh, husband? Yes, he went out yesterday morning, same as always, and he didn't come home last night, and I know, I just know something's happened to him. Look, Mrs... Vance... Jennifer Vance. What kind of work does he do? He's a caravan guard for the Frost Sisters up in the North End. You sure he didn't get hung up somewhere? Not too unusual for caravan routes to change with all the raider activity up there lately. No, no, he always comes home to me, always comes home. And if he couldn't, he'd always send word, always. I see. Well, look, lady... Sometimes in cases like this... How can I put this? Um, My... Edgar... Would never run off with some floozy. We've always had a... A happy marriage. A happy marriage is a long conversation which always seems too short, Ellie. How'd it go with Frankie? Found him trapped up on Beacon. Deathclaw took out the staircase. Pass me the toolkit, Ellie. Trying to catch him from two stories up was hell on the joints. What have I told you about taking chances, Nikki? Your parts aren't exactly easily available these days. Did Charlie get back yet? Not yet. Trouble? Wouldn't be Charlie if it wasn't. Let me guess. Missing husband or stolen jewelry? I beg your pardon. <laughs> ding, ding. Two for two, Nikki. This is Mrs. Vance. Fella gone missing. How long ago? Since yesterday morning. Frost sisters. Yeah, two people who were never more aptly named. Caravan guard? That's right. Oh, hey, Charlie. You chased down that lead for Itchy Castle? Ah, uh, no dice. Tailed him from the Shamrock Tap House to Columbus Park and pff, lost him. 
Just up and disappeared down an alley. No trace of him. That's odd. Been a lot of that around here lately. Put another pin in the board, kid. Yes, sir. Oh, hey, Greeley ran this over from Good Neighbor, ran into him outside and wanted to make sure you got this right away. Said it's urgent? Huh. Missing husband to stolen jewelry. We've already done that bit. Mrs. Vance, notice anything, uh, out of character? Unusual with your husband lately? Anything he said or, or did? There was one thing. Last week he was in the powder room getting ready for work when he when he let out this terrible scream. I came running, pounded it out the door. He was in the corner, huddled, mumbling to himself. The mirror was smashed more than it already was. Mumbling? What was he saying? It was the strangest thing. He kept saying, Not mine, not mine. I just... Well, I guess I thought he had too much to drink with the boys the night before. Took him forever to calm down. Oh, my poor Edgar. Where is he? I just know something's happened. Well, do what we can, Mrs. Vance. Was anything of his missing that you noticed since he left yesterday? Missing? No, I don't think so. There was... I know what they say about your kind, Mr. Valentine. I... I can trust you. <laughs> of all the nerve. Look, lady, we don't put up with people. Just... Pally, I'm not looking to be replacing anyone anytime soon, if that's what you're meaning. I think that ship has sailed, and I helped steer it out of the harbor. That last morning, he stopped at the door. He turned around and, and just stared right through me like he was mulling something over... He took something out of his pack and handed it to me. Told me he took something. Something that would change everything for us. Just needed to find a buyer. Said it wasn't safe to keep it on him. Here. Jeez, Nick, that's worth some caps. Uh, 24 karat gold scarab and some kind of crystal. Looks like jade, but composition is all wrong. Hey, uh, Mrs. Vance, can we hang on to this? Right now, it's about the only thing we have to go on. Uh, right, Nick? Yeah. Ellie, put this in the safe. You must find him, Mr. Valentine, please. He's all I have. Charlie, would you see Mrs. Vance home safely? Uh, sure thing, Nick. Come on, ma'am. Street's on safe at night. <sighs> what do you think? I think if I had the foresight to grab a few spare synth bodies before those tin can soldiers nuked the place, we'd still be understaffed. Something's cooking, Ellie. Don't know what. Oh, I almost forgot. Package from Good Neighbor. Huh. A card? And a flower? Uh, not just any flower, kid. A magnolia. A mysterious scarab? A missing caravan guard? As Ellie added yet another pushpin into a map of the city, she felt a chill crawl up her spine as she stepped back and noticed how many of them there now were. Something's cooking, Nick had said. As she placed the golden scarab into the back of the safe, she could have sworn she heard a whisper just behind her in the swirling fog by the window. Meanwhile, what urgent message came from good neighbor? You'll find out right after this. Looks like you're out of time, Minutemen! Ha ha ha!
We've got them on the run, Bloody Pete. This settlement's all ours. Say, what should we call it? About Jet Town. Nah. Sounds like we're overflow for airport lost luggage. Blood Hill Deathburg. A little better, a little better. Uh, but that's trying too hard. I. I. I don't know. What with the blood loss and excessive chem use, sometimes it's just hard for me to have a think. <laughs> Pete sounds like you need a nuka. Try it and I'll cut you. <laughs> no, no, not like that. An ice cold nuka cola. Did you know they come in five, uh, ten? No way, let me count. Uh, I don't know, lots of flavors now. Say, what's that one? It's kind of pretty. 200-year-old Nuka-Cola Quantum, with a new 4 times 2 promise. Come on, man. You know I can't do math. Jeez. No, no. Twice the calories, carbs, caffeine, and taste. And that beautiful glow, heart-healthy strontium-90. Just a thing to keep you going through a raid. Here, try some. Say, that's crisp and refreshing. There you go, it restores your hit points. The hell's a hit point? Come on, man. Let's chug and pillage. Chug and pillage! Uh, thanks to crisp and refreshing Nuka-Cola. 10 out of 10 raiders know to start your raid with an icy cold refreshing Nuka-Cola. Then finish your night of fire and tear in the soft glow and powerful thirst-quenching punch of Nuka-Cola Quantum. Whatever your mood or depraved disorder, there's a Nuka-Cola flavor to give your day a fizzy nuclear boost, including our newest Nuka-Cola Cranberry. Grab and guzzle the number one beverage of the post-apocalyptic hellscape, Nuka-Cola. We now return to Nick Valentine Mysteries. Our hot-wired hero received a mysterious summons from an old friend, that enigmatic lounge singer Magnolia, the golden-throated temptress of the third rail. As we rejoin the thrilling adventure, Detective Nick Valentine is hot-footing it over to that settlement of vice and temptation for memories of a bygone world, Good Neighbor. Uh, uh, they took my street! He is coming! The two-faced man! He's coming! Shut up or I'll shut you up. Tough talk for a washed-up gunner. Shut up and eat your noodles, Frank! Everything all right, Daisy? Just another day, Valentine. What brings you out this way? Voice of an angel in a short skirt. Someone help me! Somebody please help me! I'm not me! Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you come inside, honey, and wait for the chems to clear out? As Valentine wove his way through the milling crowd, a single scream rang out in the distance. A scream from a golden-throated voice he'd recognize anywhere. Magnolia! Synthetic limbs springing into action, he ran around the corner when suddenly... Hurled backward against the alley wall, his synthetic skin flecking by the fireball, a cloud of brick dust and debris engulfed Good Neighbor. Voices cried out in alarm. Valentine surged to his feet, every firing neutron of his synthetic brain guiding him forward. Magnolia! <coughs> Nick! <coughs> Valentine, are you hurt? Someone get a hose down here! We've got fire! Hey, Tip, go fetch the dock. We got wounded. Backside pissed the brickwork. Tunnel is partially collapsed. We're gonna need some bodies. If you'll pardon the expression. Hancock was in there. Frank, round up the fellas. People trapped down there. Break those Robco auto beans out of storage. 
We need to shore up the ceiling or we'll be in a real fix. You got it, Daze. Bill, Sam, you're with me. You got it. Someone rig up some lighting and round up a shovel crew. Ow! <coughs> Coffee. Mayor Hancock, hang on! We're coming! Fueled by loyalty to the newly returned mayor and fearless leader, Ghoul and Kemfiend, drunkard and triggerman alike, pulled debris from the tunnel, slowly working their way down until at last... <coughs> here! <coughs> there! He's here! H hang on! Got it! Grab hold! Got a hand or a potato masher? Valentine. <coughs> ah, glad you're still with us. Magnolia? Not down there. He's talking to Whitechap Charlie. Some o'clock from behind while I'm good. When I find the son of a bitch, I'm gonna wear his balls for earrings. <laughs> Mr. Mayor again, huh? I got bored of the Mentats and Chill vibe. Saw things that started to slide around here. <coughs> Brotherhood boys tried to set up shops some kind of outpost. We gave him a good neighbor goodbye. Didn't come back after that. Magnolia sent this note over tonight. Said it was urgent. Any idea what it's about? Yeah, was losing her mind. Sometime later, Hancock and Valentine picked their way down into the former subway station turned speakeasy, the third rail. In a pile in the corner amid smashed bottles and burned woodwork was the once familiar Mr. Handy known as... Whitechapel Charlie. God damn. Charlie. Any chance you can salvage him? Maybe. I'll have Cleo round up some fellas to see what we can do. Clean work. Decisive. Personal. It's the Brotherhood, I swear to God. Nah, not the Brotherhood. If it had been, they would have taken out the whole building. From experience when they tend to clean house... They leave nothing to chance. Anyone been giving you trouble lately? Now that you mention this, a few weeks back some of the trigger men came in here with the new overboss who's been getting the families back in line like I haven't seen in a century. New players in town, huh? Who is it? Gruff-looking guy. Calls himself Carmen the Boss Lombardo. Lombardo? He with another woman? Long in the tooth and short on patience? Yeah, kept calling her Ma. Assume it's his real Ma and not some kind of weird Oedipal roleplay or something. Mad Ma Lombardo used to run the North End gang back in the day with her husband Big Polly. Tried to take out the heads of the other families and failed. Got run out of the city. He threw some caps around, did some gambling, and then had the balls to try and buy me out. Offered Magnolia 5,000 caps to come work with some dive he's running. Said he's got big plans for the city. I'm guessing he didn't take kindly to rejection. Called in 15 of the boys and Cleo and expected a firefight. He just smirks, flips a cap in my face and heads out. Frost sisters used to do some work for Ma Lombardo back in the day. Interesting. Hang on, what's, what's this? Magnolia's holo recorder. Tape's still in it. Set on record mode. Let's see if she caught anything before the blast. Hey, Nikki. This isn't a social call like last time. Wish I could have dropped on in myself to sing you a different song tonight, but I'm... Been a long time since I've seen those angel eyes of yours lurking in the back. I knew there was something special about you. 
The first time you walked in that door, ordering up a gin sling and a song before roughing up Perkins to chase down leads on the Marcus twins, you never cared a lick that you are more circuits than chivalry, and you always put the pieces together. I'm scared, Nikki. Terrified, seeing more things than smoke and shadows up on the stage. It started small, just after the business with the sole survivor at Emma Jean and that affair down at the Institute. One night, I clocked in, same as usual, and the lights had changed. Some brighter, fixtures that hadn't been there. Just assumed Charlie or Hancock had made some changes to the place. Then another night, the tile was a different color. New and clean furniture, carpets, a brand new stage with the microphone like it was just off the shelf in 2076. Here's the rub, Nikki. Charlie didn't do it. No one did. That's not what scared me. No, what scared me is he didn't remember this place being any other way. Always had those curtains, Mrs., he said. Now you're going to think I've lost my marbles, Valentine, but tonight, after my last song, as I was heading out, I passed a stranger. A stranger looking back at me in the mirror. It was me, but it wasn't me. Different dress, long golden hair. Nikki, when I woke up this morning, it was black. Hancock is pouring me the good stuff. Hancock is pouring me the good stuff. Thinks I've been hitting the chems too hard. But listen to me, Valentine. We have more in common than you know. Only started remembering. I can see it, and I think you will too. It all started with... Charlie? Charlie! What, what's happening out there? Hancock? No! You can't be! No! Get off! Get off me! Hi, Connolly! It's 47! It starts with 47! 47? 47 what? She was speaking in code, assuming I'd figure it out. She was trying to keep it from whoever took her and conked you a good one. And Conley still got that studio at Irma's? Yeah, I think so. I haven't seen him in a while. Detective Nick Valentine and Hancock, the ghoul mayor of Good Neighbor, made their way to the strangely dark sign of the Scully Square Theater, the VR haven known as the Memory Den. The proprietor? The enchanting purveyor of escape into memory, Irma. Irma, you in? What the... Back wall's been blown out. Pretty slick. Must have timed it with the bomb at the third rail. One of the loungers is gone. Who the hell would steal a lounger? Irma! Oh, oh. Hancock? Oh, someone. It happened so fast. I heard an explosion from outside, then one from behind. Oh, my head. Sit here. You're bleeding. Some brick must have clocked you out. My memory, Dan. Who did this? Brotherhood? Not their style. They have VR tech on that flying dumpster of theirs. Where's Ken? He was he was in his studio. Restoring some silver shroud tapes that came in off of the Frost Sisters caravan. Whoever did this needed a lounger. Yeah, someone a little desperate for a walk down memory lane. Someone desperate enough to paint the walls. Ken's... Oh, man. As they entered the dim interior of Kent Connolly's studio, they were greeted by a terrifying scene. 
The body of the ghoulified radio technician lay slumped backward in his chair, his ruined face looking up at the ceiling. Impossibly painted above him on the ceiling, his life's blood spelled the words, True Believer. Someone carved out one of his eyes. Oh man, that's cold. Even for me. Sliced him clear across the belly. Some smaller cuts here on his arms and face. Some kind of symbols. Nothing I recognize. True believer. Did Nora give Kent back that silver shroud, get up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Why? The display case is empty. It's missing. Come on, time we find 47. 47? Pop some more mentats, Mr. Mayor. 47 is the atomic number for silver. A chilling scene, ladies and gentlemen. As our stalwart hero and the swashbuckling legend of American freedom known as John Hancock return to Diamond City, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Man, what a relaxing afternoon this has been in the sun. Finish waxing the car, Dad! Great, great! Now can we play ball? Yeah, yeah, sure. Just finish regrounding the windows and we'll do that. Daddy's just gonna catch some more sun. Okay, Dad. Don't forget Mom said she needed you to make dinner tonight. Neighbors are coming over. Uh-huh. Dinner? What time is it? Five o'clock? Oh, no! What to make? What to make? Oh, man, my goose is cooked! Hey, Mac. Uh, who is that? Up here, third shelf. Mr. Cram? That's right. Short of time and finding yourself in a pickle? You can say that again. Looking for a thoroughly processed, meaty surprise? I guess? Cram it! I beg your pardon? Ready for a meal that will stick to your ribs and everywhere else? Well, it's better than a casserole. What do we say? Cram it? Cram it! I cook in just minutes and can be added to entrees, salads, even jello molds. Use your hands and mold me into the shape of a cow as an attractive table centerpiece. Oh, the family will probably love it. Take that line one more time. It, it interrupted. Okay. Oh, the family will probably love it. Cram! It's meat, mostly, and mostly delicious. Peel back the tin for a brick load of flavor and special preservatives. Why go hungry when you can cram it? May cause abdominal distension. It's now the early hours of the morning, and as Diamond City sleeps, shadows crawl along the rooftops close to the headquarters and home of the Nick Valentine Detective Agency. Unseen by our heroes in the still gloomy fog, Valentine is greeted by a grim scene. Charlie? Hancock, get the door. And someone worked him over. Hang on, kid. Who did this to you? <clears throat> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Usually I'm doing the shadowing. Didn't notice I had one of my own. <laughs> Hang on, kid. Here, let's... Let's get you stemmed. Where's Ellie? Oh, she's okay. Had headed home before I got back. Nick, the safe. Someone took it. It was open when I got back. Who gave you the works? Uh, uh, upstairs. Hell lurking? Good. I've been itching to vent some anger. 
you pick, Nikki. Blade or bullets? Neither. Stay here and take care of the kid. First aid kit's in the back there, along with some gin. The gin is for you. I've got this one. As Valentine crept up the stairs, the glass from shattered bulbs crunching under his feet, flickering candlelight illuminated his drab upstairs apartment in long, clutching shadows. Two figures grinned wickedly as a match was struck, flaring to light the end of a cigarette holder held in a manicured hand. Ma Lombardo. This your boy? Would he leave if I threw a stick? <laughs> Sent with a sense of humor, ma. Where's the off butt? Keep squawking. My friend downstairs is big on his hacking, whacking, and slashing. Yeah, my boy's got this place surrounded downstairs just in case. It'll probably take more than a few hits to take you down. But your friends downstairs, yeah, sheep metal walls make for poor protection. Nick the Dick Valentine. Been a long time. I'll never forget the first time we met, but I'll keep trying. Last I heard, you were trying to shake down the New York City families. What happened? Bite off more of the apples and your boy can chew? <laughs> what can I say? Home is where the heart is. And the grave. Enough with the soft soap, ma. Look, Dick, that weepy dame who came on down here with the sob story left you something that didn't belong to her. Something her old man stole off a shipment. Ah, shipment. He wanted it back. Gold scarab with a jade crystal shell? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, haven't seen it. <laughs> funny, funny. Real original, that one. So, how much? How much what? Everyone and everything's got a price. So what's yours? My door with you on the other side of it. Not a lot of parts left out there from what I hear. Now that the geeks have been atomized. Wonder how many pieces you'll be blown apart to, huh? Carmen! Let me ice him, Ma! Don't make me roll back and repeat. Leave him be. What are you? You kidding me? You still soft on him? This thing, it ain't even a man. True, but your ma is more of a man than you are. Nicky, Nicky, Nicky. We are getting off on the wrong foot here. The kid downstairs. Charlie. Charlie. Adorable boy. Things got a little out of hand. Threw fists before words. So my boy reacted in kind. I'm sorry about that. But look, Nicky. That jewel. It's precious to me. In more ways than you can possibly understand. Angel, I understand more now than I did back then. If not for caps, then for old time's sake. There are worse things we can be than enemies. The city's heartbeat is slowing down. We've seen your board down there. So many pins. So many cases. This ain't like the old neighborhood, the old alliances and loyalties. Trigger men, broken. Raiders taking back territory. Cannibals and homeless mad synths. Those Minutemen? <laughs> A failed joke. Those souped-up soldiers in the floating trash can at the airport? Useless. They don't care about nothing that ain't made of circuits. Yeah, 
Yeah, you see it. Wipe that smug smirk right off your face. You started something two years ago you never finished. And the mess you left when you were done is left for everyone else to clean up. We're not looking for war. We're looking for some order. With you as head of the table, I take it. My boy knows the street. But me, I know the people. We can't run the table alone. No, but you sure know how to clear it. Blowing up the third rail isn't your style, Ma. Not so sure about this drooler, though. Hancock turned down your offer, so you take out the competition? What do you want about? Someone moved on, good neighbor. Wasn't us, Nikki. Honest. The dame, Magnolia. She, she okay? She put a shine on you? That's cute. Near as I can figure, someone kidnapped her. Ma, they said they wouldn't... Shut your trap! What's so special about this scarab, anyway? Let's just say it's the stuff that dreams are made of. And your dream? Diamond City. We want you to run it. However you want. Bring home the lost synths, the run-out ghouls, Help me fix this old burg. I'm a detective, not a politician. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a partner to patch up. We're moving on to Boston with or without you. Me? I'd rather see my morning coffee pouring out of your smart mouth. Takes a lot to be a smart-ass kid. First, you need to be smart. Otherwise, you're left with just the ass. You got 48 hours to turn out that scarab. We turn out Diamond City. We'll roll out the carpet for you. When we first got back, I decided to visit the old neighborhood and heard about Eddie Winter. I'm sorry, Nikki. Glad you got that son of a bitch. Please... Do the right thing. Are you kidding me? Just letting them walk out of here? They're looking for something I was keeping an eye on. And before you head off in a bloodlust, it wasn't them who bombed the bar. They're hiding something, though. I bet my bolts on it. A new player in town with ties to the organized crime syndicate of the old neighborhood? Who stole the mysterious gold scarab? Find out what clues our dauntless detective will chase down next, after a brief word from our sponsor. Friends, did you know that three out of every four families is lacking their daily intake of processed powdered cheddar? It's true. Scientists at the Blanco Research Institute conducted testing on 200 families in Columbus, Ohio area to determine the exact amount of essential daily intake of processed powdered cheddar to keep you full, fit, and healthy. That's why we say every meal is better when served with Blamco mac and cheese. Creamy, warm, and delightful, Blamco has been serving up ooey gooey mac and cheese goodness since your grandparents were filling their diapers and shouting more Blamco mac and cheese please. And remember, if it doesn't say Blamco, it's crap. 
Days, then weeks passed in a blur for Detective Nick Valentine and company. On the wall, a map of the city of Boston is now covered in the pushpins of mysteries with no answers, dead-end leads, and clues with no clarity. While Hancock shakes down his contacts for leads on the bombing, the break-in and murder at the memory den, Diamond City and the boroughs of Boston prepare for a yearly celebration. Nikki, you have to go. The answer is no. I don't see what the big deal is with this holiday anyway. Who was this Seth Patrick guy anyway? Local tradition holds that in the old days, a guy named Seth Patrick chased all the mole rats from Southie with nothing but a baseball bat, according to Mo Cronin, who organizes the thing. I didn't have the heart to tell him it was St. Patrick, not Seth Patrick, and in the old days we used to honor him with a parade. Corned beef and cabbage, drunken street brawls, followed by recreational toilet bowl hugging. I still kind of miss days I never lived, remember all the same. If I've learned anything, it's that people are what they believe. Who am I to take that from them? Come on, Nick. It'll be fun. Uh, just drop it, Ellie. He already said no. Besides, we're gonna head up to Canvas the Frost Sisters' warehouse. Haven't seen hide nor hair them in over a week. Right, Nick? Yeah. Come in. Got a package for, uh, Nick Valentine? Who from? Uh, Mr. uh, Mrs. uh, Dima? Uh, mail order place? Kid, you're not even in the ballpark. Bahaba, huh? I got a cousin up there. Oh? The fisherman? Nah, worships a submarine. Who hasn't? And they say romance is dead. Sign here, please. Ah, uh, here's a little something for your troubles. Gee, thanks. What is it? A little help from family. I sent a message out to Far Harbor to crunch some numbers of all permutations of the number 47 in the Commonwealth and list the result in order of statistical probability based on being the most obvious and the most visible on someone cracking its meaning. What's the top result? A vault based on 87.5% probability. Vault 47? There is no Vault 47 around here that anyone has found, anyway. Traveling with Nora, we ended up cranking into all of them, but Vault 47? That's a new one on me. Have to be pretty well hidden. Oh, where do we start? I know a guy with the inside angle. Come on. Oh, what about the canvassing at the warehouse? That can wait. This is our first lead in weeks. You two have fun. I'm heading down to Southie. I still think you should have gone, Nikki. Everybody will be there. Well, not that super mutant. He, he headed west. And Garvey out of the Jersey Wastes. But, but Piper, Kate, Curie, everyone. The first time all of you could be together again since taking out the Institute. What did you say? As Ellie's words registered, electronic pathways form new connections to paint a terrifying visual of ones and zeros. The words common the boss Lombardo spat in his face weeks ago. You started something two years ago you never finished. The map back on the wall, filled with colored pushpins. Every place they had traveled to, every quest to change things they did. Pins in every region of the Commonwealth except... 
It sucks southy. Servos firing to life. Protocols activated. Flight and fight. Ellie, get on the radio out to Mo Cronin at the bandstand. Tell him to shut it down. Get everyone out of there. Why? What's wrong? Just hurry, Ellie. The parade is starting soon. Nick will never make it. Can't, kid. But I can. We'll put up the good neighbor and get Hancock and all the muscles he can muster. What do I tell him? Tell him it's about to downpour in Southie. Synthetic limbs coiled and sprung into action, hurling our hero at superhuman speed out of Diamond City in a direct line for South Boston. To the South, friends and frenzy called family, born of a shared journey, smiled and began waving to the crowd, unaware of the horror that was about to be unleashed. So, in 1724, the mole rats ate all the crops, which was a real drag for the people of Southie, so... so. A woodsmith named Seth Patrick, known for making the best hickory swatters this side of the Appalachians, said, Not in my backyard. So, he and some fellas, uh, uh, Jefferson, uh, Davis, Gwinnett, and Phil, went out into the woods. He found the oldest tree they could find. So, they chop it down, right? And, 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 and haul it out with this big blue ox named uh, Gabe. And he makes the strongest swatters on earth. Yeah, fashioned right from the hot wood of that great tree. Now, now he and all the boys, yeah, they all grabbed their swatters and chased every mole rat right out of Southie and into Boston Harbor. And then, and, he, he, and then ate his cow in Harvard Yard with some cabbage, you know, now, now that, the, you know, the crops were safe and everything. And since then, every year, our ancestors said to honor Seth Patrick with the parade, some baseball, and the finest beer in the wake. So uh, let's get this parade going as uh, as we honor some of the heroes like uh, Seth Patrick, right from our own backyard. Give it up for... Look, up in the sky. What is that? It's the Silver Shroud. With wings? No, that's the Mechanist? The Mechanist. The mechanical master of Russian robots now clad in the garb of justice. Silver wings flapping with fire, he hovered over the awestruck crowd, glaring down at them in judgment. People of Southie, please attend carefully. This man before you stands upon a throne of lies, and for far too long I have sat idly by as vice and sin have squeezed the very heart of this fair city. For years you have worshipped these heroes, drenched in innocent blood, whose foul actions have become a scourge upon the Commonwealth. Careening into the street, Detective Nick Valentine skidded to a halt, blocked by the gathered crowd. Let me through. Please, I need to get through. Once my brethren walked amongst you, the pinnacle of engineering, intent on living their lives out in peace. But were they given peace? No! They were hunted down, destroyed! And with them, all hope for a future safe from war, pestilence, hunger, and plague. Piper! Kate! 
Get out! Get out of there! Things are about to change, my friends. Sacrifices come for you evildoers, and I am its shroud. Upon your ashes, Boston rises! As the Mechanist soared higher, flashes of light, energy, and displaced space disturbed the crowd. Detective Valentine stared in horror as three synths materialized in the crowd, clad in the unmistakable garb of the Children of Adam. Boston must rise. Blessed whispers from the glow speak at last. Praise and sacrifice to the twofold God! Blessed is this sacrifice, bathed in Adam's light. No, stop them! Shoot them! Please, get out of the way! We part the veil. We share the light. And with this light, we open the prize. Waving his gun wildly, a sudden electrical surge traveled up his body. Space tore around him as Detective Valentine was spirited away, just as a devastating wave of gamma radiation tore through the crowd, washing all of the former neighborhood of South Boston in life-ending radiation. An unspeakable act on the innocence of a city by a foul fiend. Let us take a brief intermission with a word from our sponsor. Kids, hurry up! Get ready for school! I want to see the back of book bags in five minutes out that door! Ugh. Oh, Mom! Can I stay home today? Oh, my! You look so pale and drawn! Whatever is the matter? I just feel so run down, you know! Haven't been able to keep up in class, and the coach says if my batting doesn't improve before the big game, he's gonna bench me! Bench you? Before the big game? Sounds like someone just needs a bowl of sugar bombs. Captain Cosmos? Captain Cosmos? In my home, as I live and breathe. Kids, to start your day the right way, you need explosive great taste. But fear not, moms. Each box of sugar bombs does not contain any explosives. Well, that's a relief. Here, allow me to use my cosmic powers to serve you up a bowl. Oh, hey! Neat! Each piece is shaped like a tactical nuclear weapon of mass annihilation! Awesome! Just like the one that killed your dear father in Anchorage. Uh, what? Hey, there's something in the box! That's right, kid. A little gift from me, Captain Cosmos, to you. Oh, wow! A real Captain Cosmos decoder ring! Each box contains a secret message as to the whereabouts of that vile villain of the vectors of dark space, Dr. Zorbo. Did someone say? Oh, Dr. Zorbo? I thought we'd seen the last of him after the hearing. Ah, we meet again, Captain Cosmos, and my current sworn enemy, Mrs. Thompson, and her meddling brat, who has thrown his football into Dr. Zorbo's petunias for the last time. Quickly, this looks like a job for sugar bombs. Mmm, mm, taste that sugary flavor. I think I'm having palpitations. <laughs> That's how you know it's working. Too much sugary goodness. 
You've won this time, Captain Cosmos, and a confusing cross-promotional activation. Death Shroud, a Nick Valentine mystery, is brought to you by the rich, sugary taste of Sugar Bombs, an atomic explosion of flavor in every bite. Sugar Bombs, chock full of vitamins, minerals, and trace radiation in every spoonful. How do we do it? Science! Yay! Overload your system with Sugar Bombs, a nuclear addition to any nutritional breakfast. We return to a city in mourning. Whispered terror behind doors and windows. A day of celebration now bathed under a perpetual cloud of green-skied radiation over South Boston. Our detective stands silently in the rain over the graves of so many faces he knew and names he treasured. A familiar figure emerges from the shadows of a weeping willow. How you doing, Nicky? Was a nice sermon. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Charlie hasn't found out anything about the that maniac yet, but we'll keep looking. I've lived a long time, Ellie. Seen the neighborhood change. Kids I used to toss balls to or give caps for errands one minute and breathing their last into an oxygen tank in the next. I got slow. I should have seen this coming. None of us saw this coming, Nick. There's someone here to see you. I'll leave you two alone. Meet you back in good neighbor. You gonna just stand there and stare, or are you gonna give an old friend a hug? Nora. You never change. How's the kid? <laughs> Every day is an adventure with him. How are you doing? Ask me another one. Who, who did this? Now that's a better one. You have no idea how glad I am that you decided to bow out of the spotlight of all of this. We're all that's left. You, Hancock, uh, and me. Paladin dance. Uh, just dance now, please. Oh, that's a nice change of tune. Technically, we're family now, you know. Though the Institute definitely gave you more of that, uh, showroom shine. Yeah, I brought you a few cans of motor oil. You want me to leave them here? Strip away that brotherhood bravado and the knight finds a mouth. Want a hug from your older brother? Yeah, don't, don't touch me. Hey, anyone tracked down McCready yet? If someone's gunning for us, they're gunning for him too. Last I heard, he was running odd jobs for the caravans. Planning on heading back to see his kid. What about Strong? He was... not fitting in as sanctuary. Told him there was a milk of human kindness fountain where we get all of our power somewhere west of Topeka, Kansas. Nice. Someone looking after the kid? Codsworth has him well guarded. We upgraded defenses there. I'm not dealing with another kidnapping. Mama Murphy's been keeping an eye on him. Well, oh, here comes trouble. Son of a bitch. Nora, bring it on it. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, you couldn't stay away, huh? 
Yeah, you know, place started to slide and time to think. Really? That's funny. I heard you racked up a 15,000 cap debt at Easy City Downs, and Captain Sally said if she ever saw you down there again, she'd gut you like a fish. If I kill him, it doesn't count because he's not a real person, right? Enough, you two. For weeks, all I've been doing is asking questions. The pieces of a puzzle that, when you fit them together, all they form is a black hole. That dirty bomb wouldn't have killed me. Might have damaged me. But someone pulled me out of there with Institute Tech. Institute Tech? What happened to the signal interceptor the Brotherhood built? Search me. I've still got a kill-on-sight order. I lost contact with them after Maxon took an attachment to D.C. Last I saw it, it was still at the airport. I've been seeing some Brotherhood tech and supplies showing up on the black market. Nothing I was into, but word is, someone's been. Now, none of the officers would ever violate oaths or protocols. Would have to be someone further down the chain, but access to secure areas. Found this stuck on me when I dropped ten feet out of the sky by the green monster. Catch, handsome. Coarser chip? No, this one's been modified somehow. A remote beacon of some kind. Someone hauled me out of there at the last moment. What bothers me is that I was in Southie around 10.15 in the morning. When I was dropped back in Diamond City, it was past four. Block of my memory engrams have been scrambled harder than an egg. Got any ideas? One. An old, old flame. Right? You. <laughs> now that I've got to see. No, really. Can I see how that would work? She's the only one who knew enough about me to fish around in my head. Come on, I'll fill you in on everything on the way back. But I need to be honest with you. This isn't a missing kid or a war. This is personal. What's happening is about us. We're being hunted. Oh, they want it personal? Then let's make it personal. <laughs> Getting his back, baby. Uh, you should let Maxon shoot me. Day turned to night as coffee cups were emptied and tales were told. Springing into action, a plan was formed as Nora, Danson, Hancock headed to stake out the Frost Sisters' warehouse. Meanwhile, Valentine and Charlie paid a visit to a particular ghoul in a shabby apartment at the Hotel Rexford in Good Neighbor. If I told you once, I told you a thousand times, I don't have any chems or caps. Now, get the hell out of here before I pump your guts full of lead. You, uh, mind if I? What do you think I brought you along for? Go to work, kid. Room service! Uh, all right, all right. Chems are over there. Safe is in the back. Don't kill me! Technically, I'm already dead. A mutual friend sends her regards. Mutual friend? Four score and a great war ago, she was the last one you signed up for a vault without telling her vault tech was going to turn her into a frozen dinner. Nora? Yes, yes, 
I saw her again about two years ago now. What do you want with me? Sing us a song about Vault-Tec. Look, I told her then, and I'll tell you now, I didn't know what they were going to do to her and her family. Yeah, we don't care. What we want to know is what you know about Vault 47. Vault 47? There... there isn't a Vault 47. Yeah, we know. Except there has to be. Look, Mac, if Vault-Tec wanted to keep a place off the books... Where would they keep that kind of information? Vault-Tec Regional Headquarters, I suppose. There's a mainframe on the top floor, but most of the stairwells have collapsed, and the elevator's been out of order for ages. Ah, been clocking in lately, have you? Don't you ever get a little nostalgic for the old days, kid? My old days was spent in the alleys watching my parents get gunned down for a measly 50 caps and some buff out. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's terrible. You still have your key cards and security clearance? Well, yes, I suppose. Fantastic. Let's go for a walk. Meanwhile, far across town, as night descends on the city, Nora, Hancock, and Dance cut through the fencing of a ramshackle warehouse. A rusted enamel sign clatters as the chain link tears free, painted with the words, Frost Sisters Caravan Company. Are we doing this? Guns blazing, or we're gonna be bored? Sure. You got some kind of death wish. Looks like the south and east doors are barricaded. Main door there has two guards with plasma rifles. There's a fire escape on the west-facing side. Bottom ladder was cut off, but we could lift each other up to grab hold. Yeah, what about the roof and skylight? Dance, scan the building. What? Use infrared vision to pick up thermals. That's not how I work. I don't have infrared vision. Really? Nah, so much for human 2.0. Come on. Let's make our way around at the back. Stealthily moving to shadows, our trio at last was beneath a rickety fire escape, and one by one lifted and pulled each other up. Creeping across the baked brittle roof of the aged warehouse, their faces were at last lit through the skylight. Below them, the Frost Sisters, the malignant twins of trading, fused together by FEV exposure, leaning close over a map of the city. No, sister dear. The timetable is set. We cannot risk it. We must, if we want a seat at the table. If that meat-headed orphan and his mother find the scarab first, we will be cut out. He will not tolerate any more delays. Well, at least we can scratch them out as far as taking the scarab. Assuming the meat-headed orphan and mother are the Lombardos, what does she mean, a seat at the table? Let me see it, sister dear. Just one more time. No. Please. Oh, very well. The twisted twins deftly unlock a crate. Inside, glinting in the lights of the warehouse, rests an intricately carved crown. We could arc that and buy an island down in Florida. Assuming it's still there. Coconuts, cams... Soft, powdery, highly irradiated sand. 
and probably some giant mutated monstrosity, weird cults, and Nucaland cannibal raiders. I've seen that before. The ground? Where? You remember the cabots in that affair with Emma Jean we helped out with? Uh, no. You took Nick and left me at home, staring into the middle distance. After what we'd been through, you didn't have to sideline me like that. Okay, we are not going to dig into this ancient history right now, Dance. Was it a social anxiety thing? Did, did I smell? You only took one of us at a time. Sad violin music coming from somewhere. Can we not do this right now? Christ. Anyway, so you're saying that crown belonged to the family. Lorenzo Cabot, patriarch of the clan. He led an expedition to try and find the lost city of Ubar in 1894, believing that once long ago the earth had been home to a vast, powerful civilization that worshipped the old gods or beings from other realities, dimensions, uh, universes, uh, hell, I don't know. Anyway, he came back from the Middle East a changed man, wearing that crown, and became something, something more than human. Superhuman abilities. Your Brotherhood scribes talked sometimes about rumors they'd heard back east of people. Mutants with psychic powers. Call them psychers. Yeah, yeah, this guy had something, all right. We... <laughs> we made a deal with Jack Hammett, but things didn't go according to plan at the asylum. Jack wanted me to kill Lorenzo, and... Well, I had enough blood on my hands. We let him out and washed our hands of it. He killed his family and started taking people apart in the Commonwealth to see what they were like inside. Nick was furious with me. <coughs> what do you want, Fink? Oh, we're busy. Uh, the crew at the quarry is uh, everything in place. Uh, uh, y- you want them to start pumping? Yes, yes, you imbecile. Pumping should have started days ago. Um, uh, there's one other thing. That place is spooky. Uh, some of the fellows were talking, uh, I think the place is haunted or something. Haunted? Sister dear, they think it's haunted. Oh, positively terrifying, Sister dear. Mr. Wilson, please inform them that unless they want to haunt it, They'll grow a pair of balls and finish the job. Is that clear? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, ma'am. Dinner? Yes, nuts. Cram? Oh, dear me, no, sister dear. It makes me all gassy. There, they're leaving. Drop me down over the edge. Think I can shimmy through a window and nab that thing. No, it's too risky. Nick said canvas only. We're not geared up for a firefight if anything goes wrong. Nora's is right. We need a plan of attack. Two groups. One to secure the asset, the other to create a distraction. Get all brotherly. Oh, God, just... just shut up. Oh, shit. They're onto us. Let's go, come on! No, no, wait. Look. Up there. Emerging from the black sky, the Mechanist. The stolen regalia of the Silver Shroud flapping in the breeze. Surging through the sky beneath cold metal eyes, his gaze was fixed upon the warehouse. Frost sisters, show yourselves. 
Where is the crow? Is the son of a bitch? One shot. No, are you nuts? He's armored, dual wielding, and you're wearing a 16th century nightgown. Hush, damn it. What a cure. Open the gate. Open it faster. Must go faster. Out of my way, Cretan. It's here! It's here, sir! Right here! Calm down, sister. We're all friends here, aren't we, sir? You fumbling vermin. Two days. Two days you kept me waiting for delivery. When the time for unity draws near. Oh, oh yes, we're quite looking forward to unity, aren't we, sister? Oh, yes, dear sister. I have neither time nor patience for your posturing. The crowd, now. Abel, well, we were just boxing it up, sir. So why the delay in delivery? Ah, yes. At last. Wait. Wait. It is incomplete. Where is the scarab? It was taken. Robbed. Robbed. Were we, sister? Yes. Yes, dear sister. A guard stole it, but we fixed him and his missus. Didn't we, sister? Oh, yes. Yes. They won't trouble us further. The detective, Valentine, yes, he had it. Well, yes, sister, but then someone took it from him. That bitch and her son, thinking they can just bully their way onto our turf. Silence, both of you. The Lombardos are loyal and do not hide behind fear, like the two of you, you impure cattle. I will find the scarab myself. And the quarry? Oh, on schedule. Everything's fine there. Our best people. Yes, sister. The very best engineers. Mm, we shall see. Change comes at a cost. Something's wrong. We need to go. Go now. Run! Hurrying down the fire escape, leaping from the final rung, our heroes run for the fence, just as an explosion of glass surged upward from the now obliterated skylight. Crown in hand, the mechanists turn back in silent judgment. Your credit has just run out. Death has come for you, Frost Sisters, and I stole its shroud. It's a suicider mini-nuke. Down! Diving to the ground, the warehouse was torn apart in Adam's own fire. The accounts owed to Frost Sisters Caravan Company were paid in full. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Here, let me help you up. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine too, lover. Real enchanted. Oh, but here. Son of a bitch burned my coat. These things don't exactly grow on trees. These jackass. Come on, let's get out of here before he sees us. We need to find that scarab before he does. We need someone who can see what others can't. Mama Murphy. The might of the mechanist wielding the decidedly deadly power of the Silver Shroud. A terrifying force to be sure, dear friends. Please stand by for the next exciting chapter of Death Shroud.
a Nick Valentine mystery. After a brief word from our sponsor. Looking for the meal that keeps giving? Yum Yum Deviled Eggs has the flavor you'll relish. These aromatic beauties will make you popular at parties, social gatherings, and in long enclosed car rides. Yum Yum Deviled Eggs. Enjoy them now. Share them later. Meanwhile, in a suburb outside of Concord, once a shining avenue of the homes of tomorrow, the new town of Sanctuary lies eerily quiet. The normal chatter of tradespeople, residents, and traders gone, with the wind speaking only, keening through the ruined homes. Hold up. It's funny. Where the hell is everyone? Circling around back. Oh my god. Sean. Nora, wait. Heart thumping widely in her chest as it all came flooding back, Nora noticed for the first time the shattered light bulbs, shell casings of the unmistakable Tommy gun, favored by the triggermen. The corpses of friends and neighbors slumped against walls and lying in shrubbery. Sean? Sean! Nora hurried up her steps, skidding to a halt at the now barricaded door, just as a jet of fire erupted through a hole in the assembly of furniture. If you want him, you'll have to come through me, you sons of bitches! Ah! Codsworth? Ma'am? Codsworth, what happened? Oh, uh, the trigger man. Those mischievous mafiosos happened so fast. I secured the young master inside and barricaded the door. Oh, it was horrible! Simply horrible! Hang on. I've got this. Let's get that door open. Master Dance! It's so wonderful to see you again. Now, you too. Does this mean you'll be resuming duties as master of the household and continuing in your relationship with the mistress? I... uh... uh shine uh... Mom? Mom? They came with guns. Is everyone okay? It's okay. It's okay. Let's just get you back inside, okay? Hey, oh man, you would not believe the pile bodies in your backyard. Hancock. Everybody's dead? Oh, I mean, everyone's sleeping, kid. Totally fine. You want a hug? Something from the tooth bunny? Maybe a shot of whiskey? You are not good with kids. Bob, Grandmother Murphy, when they came... They were slamming against the door, and I didn't think it would hold. But then she opened fire from across the street. Oh, distracted them. Not for her. Sean, I need you to stay with... Oh, I Absolutely not. Sean, stay with Codsworth, okay? Okay, Mom. Making their way across the street to Mama Murphy's, the riddled bodies of Triggermen littered the yard and sidewalk. Inside, another grim scene, now all too familiar with Mayor Hancock. Runes carved into the defiant form of Mama Murphy, slumped back in the chair Nora had built for her. Gun still in hand. Above her, a red splashed ceiling with the words, The Eye of a True Seer, upturned toward those grim words with one eye fixed on them, and the other missing. Jesus, this is... Awful. 
Since when did the Mafia get into cult activity? Why'd they take one of her eyes? Same as the memory, Dad. This is... shit. I'm going outside to take a hit. Are you okay? I, I can... I, I mean, Hancock and I can take care of this. We had a home here, Dance. I can't raise him in this chaos. We've earned our peace. We don't have to stay. If you want to take him and Codsworth, we can get you out of the Commonwealth to somewhere safe. I have some contacts still to the West. I'm not about to abandon everyone here, either. I started looking for Sean. It's not safe here anymore. Come on. We're taking him to Diamond City. And this point, at this point, is best if we stick together. Strength in numbers. Yeah, and then people you can count on. While Nora and the gang make ready to flee to the relative safety of Diamond City, deep in the groaning, mildewed recesses of the sinister Voltec Regional Headquarters, Detective Nick Valentine, Charlie, and the Voltec Rep look for a way to the upper floors. No one really knows why or what for. I heard talks of some secret government still out there years ago. But nothing came of it, and nothing changed. It all comes back to change, doesn't it? But you had to know what you were doing. I had a quota and a list of names. My job was to assess the uh, uh, candidates before the initial meeting. Uh, Psychographic profiles, bank records, phone calls. Voltec had access to everything. Thanks to government contracts. If they ever cared what Voltec was really doing, that ship sailed long ago. Well, you had a chance to make a difference by turning your nose towards what you were signing people up for. Look, kid, I've had to live generations of lifetimes with that guilt. If you think you can get a dig into me, good luck. My skin's grown quite thick. There. Ventilation access. What's above here? Should be regional vice president's office, I think. It's not like it was yesterday, and I was only given the full tour once. Uh, A little narrow in there. Why don't we check for an elevator shaft? Make our way up that way. Place closed up this tight is bound to have a few former employees who bit the big rat and went a little feral. I'm not too keen to open any doors that aren't already open. Ah, we'll be fine, I'm telling you. Look, there's probably one right down the hall. I said the ventilation shaft. Look, what's got into you anyway, kid? Upstairs, get some guys on the exits. Anyone gets past you, it's your ass I'm pumping full of bullets. Triggerman! Uh, We're caught off up here! Uh, We're sitting ducks! This wasn't supposed to be how it went down. Charlie? What the hell did you do? I'm sorry, Nick. You... You set me up? It's it's not like that. Something big's coming, Nick. Something that'll change everything for you, for me, for Ellie. Did you leave your brain in your other pants? What the hell are you talking about? It was at Rafinho's. New place they opened months back. I got in deep, Nick. I owed them 50,000 caps. I I took the scarab from the safe, hid it someplace. I didn't plan on them showing up to rough me up about the caps. But we struck a deal. 
didn't tell him I had it until I was sure. All they wanted was help. Help to help all of us. The only help Ma Lombardo ever gives her rats is a pair of cement shoes and a long drink of water. I caught you better than this. No, listen! They needed that scarab, Nick, not to sell it, but for what it can do. What it's part of. What if... What if I could have my parents back? Oh, what if you didn't have to look like that anymore? What if you could look human? Be human through and through. What if we could run Diamond City? We make it. Make it better, newer, cleaner. It's a scarab, not a magic lamp. Not on its own, it isn't. It had to start in Southie. I tried to keep you away from there. You weren't even supposed to be there. They weren't ready for you yet. I barely made it back to Rafino so they could rip you out of there. You got my friends killed. All those people. What could possibly be worth their lives? God damn it, kid, spill it. What did they take from me? Don't shoot. I just work here. I came along under duress. You meet the funniest people in the funniest places. Hey, Dick. Nice to see you again. I was telling Ma we should have you over. Show you how you... We've been fixing up the neighborhood. Things would move a lot smoother with you on our side. You and Mad Ma? That dizzy dame should come with a warning label. Nah, not just us. We've raised a few friends. A dead man walking. If Valentine had a heart, it would have stopped. He knew that face. The face they'd hunted together. The face that murdered Nora's husband, stolen her child and her future. The face he'd seen shattered by a bullet, now born anew. A body that was a Frankenstein patchwork of salvered corso body parts, and eyes that then as now were dark pools of malice. The merciless merc, Conrad Kellogg. Kellogg? No. No, you're dead. Nora put a bullet clean through your head. You, you knew about this? He hates something long ago. Something they needed. No choice but to bring him back. We had a little help from your synth kind and that clever Dr. Amari. All we had was a lifeless bag of meat and a brain long past the uh, shelf life. With a little persuasion, she shared a little secret. You know, just between us. Did you know that the brain keeps on ticking a full 900 seconds after you die? Even with a hole and a part of it missing, it still keeps going. Keeps thinking and feeling. You didn't just kill me. Now, you two scooped up a part of me with a spoon and absorbed me. I robbed people of gear and life in my time. But you? You robbed my fucking soul. Ah, uh, can I just go, please? Shut your mouth. Fair enough. You promised you wouldn't hurt him. I don't need reminding of my promises. Not too sure about Kellogg here, though. He's not too keen on uh, forgiveness. You got what's mine? Yeah. Yeah, it's here. Finally. Oh, man. 
Look at that spark. Alright, let's go. He wanted this yesterday. You wanna know the strangest thing? Here we go again. We got what we came for. Let's go. You, you little this. Wait, this your kid? Little wet around the ears. Just like I used to be. Please, please, you've got the scarab. You promised you'd leave him alone. How about you shut up before I shut you up? When you, that doctor, and Nora shredded my memories apart, got your jollies off on every sad story, secret, and deed I did. When you were done, I was still in there, trapped inside your head. You know what that's like? No body to run with, no lungs to scream from. Before even registering the shot, Charlie looked down in wonder and horror as crimson spread across his shirt, punctured with a dark smoking hole. Kellogg smirked with the half of his face that was still human. Vic? And no eyes to cry with. Kellogg, you son of a bitch! Uh, uh, uh. Private Dick, hold it right there. Don't make me break a promise to my mother. Tell Nora I'll be seeing her real soon. We'll be modifying something so I get what I deserve this time around. Say your goodbyes. I didn't make a promise to no one's mother. Kellogg left the room as the footsteps of Triggerman receded. The boss Lombardo looked down at the kid with genuine sadness as Charlie impotently clutched at his chest, trying to hold in the life that was ebbing away. Charlie, hang on. Well, don't just stand there, damn it. Help me. Oh, God, that's a lot of blood. Rip off a piece of your shirt. We have to put pressure on it. Oh, yeah, sure. Here. When I was a kid, running the streets of New York, I found this puppy. Just sitting there, shivering in an old shoebox. Brought it home. But Ma, yeah, she wasn't too keen on it. But I put my foot down, fed him, watered him. A few or two went by and he was strong, healthy. Started teaching him tricks. Came home one day and he was on the table. Shell casings next to him. I asked her why. Why did she killed my dog. She said she didn't. I did. Because I got soft as he got strong. Man, I don't know what your problem is, but I'm guessing it's, it's hard to pronounce. I'm real sorry about this kid. Really, I am. But what it's worth, got guts. All too often out here, those go together like oil and water. We get our way. Let's see if we can fix it. With that, Boss Lombardo left the room, sealing the door behind him just as the impossible-to-miss sound of sinister electronic beeping echoed up the stairwell. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Nick. <sighs> Guess I messed up quit this time, huh? Why didn't you tell me you got in deep? 
You, you could have talked to me. We could have figured things out. He, he's gonna change it, Nick. Change what? Everything. You'll see. You'll see before everyone else will. What's that mean? Charlie? Charlie! Poor kid. Damn it! We gotta find a way out of here and fast. That sound. They bring demolition charges. They're gonna bring the whole building down. There's gotta be... There! That terminal! Valentine rushed forward, pulling a long cable out of the inner recesses of his trench coat. Connecting to the terminal, in an instant he found himself into a maze of ones and zeros. The network pathways were still open. Military-grade decryption algorithms firing into action, firewall after firewall came down, until just there, in a ghost drive hidden in plain sight on the network, Vault 47. I've got it! Let's go! How? The door's jammed. Flip the table! Hurry! Rip the legs off! What? Why? Just do it! The legs ripped from the table. Valentine firmly held it in both hands, his eyes zooming and fixing to the only possible route of escape. Get on my back. Pardon? My back! Come on! I'm just having such a day. Arms firmly clasped around Valentine's neck. Nick backpedaled to the wall. The electronic beeping below picked up by his synthetic ears, reaching a crescendo. Hold tight! Sprinting forward toward the plate glass windows, three stories up cracked and weakened but still holding back the elements, Nick held out the table like a shield. In an explosion of glass, Valentine and the former Voltec Regional Representative Agent 107, who was now screaming at the top of his lungs, sailed through the air to the nearby rooftop. In a bone-shuddering impact of gravel and splintering rooftop, the table broke their fall. Behind them, the charges detonated one by one. The building sagged, tilted, before at last collapsing downward in a surging plume of dust, confidential papers, and debris. You all right? No! No, I'm not all right! What I am doing is going home. Not yet, you're not. Vault 47 is only accessible to Vault Tech employees. Care to go for one more walk? No. I'm not asking. Fine. But I'm done walking. What's that? Falling for a cab. What's it look like? A... a cab? For a moment, the world seemed to shift as a wave of energy moved across the landscape. Unseen by all but Nick's own synthetic eyes. Eyes that were made and not born. Suddenly, a long chrysalis silver phantom limousine came careening around a corner, dodging fallen buildings, burning trash cans, but not the raider in the street, waving their middle fingers who deftly bounced off the hood and into the air, screaming obscenities. Puzzled, Detective Valentine then remembered there had been a cab. There had always been a cab. And with that, the window rolled down. Yo! Which one of you call for a cab? We're gonna have to make this quick. I've got two cannibals back there eyeballing a terrified Brotherhood scout they're gonna make a snack of. Where you headed? A Boston Harbor. How's things, Jefferson? Hey, that you, Nick? Eh, same as always. Burning rubber and chewing mouse. Hop in! Uh, did you say cannibals? 
A vile villain risen from the grave. A partner seduced into betrayal, now laid low by the bullet of a vengeful gun. As Detective Valentine and the vault reps speed their way to Boston Harbor, we pause for an exciting message from our sponsor. Vigor down, vim up! Deliciously fermented, refreshingly healthy vim will tantalize your taste buds and revive your senses with a mouth-watering combination of Maine spring water and fantastic flavors. Look for the Far Harbor Salesman in the T-51 armor and order your Vim Vim Refresh, Vim Quartz, or Vim Captain's Blend today. Not available in most states. The irradiated waters of Boston Harbor sloshed against the aged and barnacle-encrusted pilings. A mole rat screamed somewhere in the distance, punted as the car tossed aside trash cans with a plump. Emerging from the long, shadowy car, the Voltech rep was less than pleased. He ate my thumb! Did you see that? Bid it clear off. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Here, I keep a few in the glove box. You, you do have a glove box full of fingers? I keep them as collateral in case anybody stiffs their fare. I'm kidding! No, seriously, though. Don't ever stiff me out of a fare. You got any scratch? You don't have any. I'm a synth in a trench coat, not a cap-happy trader. A finger and getting screwed out of money. <laughs> Here's your caps. Then you should learn how to drive. I was getting tossed all over the back seat, Pat. Hey, Nick, I've got some buckets and concrete in the back if you want to offload this guy. <laughs> He's joking. Yeah, I'm a real clown. Hey, sister! You eat one more of those seat cushions back there. I'm coming back there with a flamethrower. Sit down and spit it out. Sorry, Nick. Stay frosty out there. You too, Jefferson. That man is a maniac. Always has been. I think he was anyway. Hmm. Anyway, we're here. Well, there's nothing here. Funny thing about the Pip-Boy maps of the Commonwealth is that they're pretty detailed. Your people, when they did anything did it with purpose. It always bugged me that they took the time to map out almost the entire harbor, but there's really nothing out there. And there wasn't. Never has been. Nora and I had some dealing with a Chinese sub right over there. On cases I've had to walk the bottom here before to try and bring home people who never made it home. There's never been anything down there. In an instant, something stirred beyond time and space. The sky shimmered and shifted until the entire world was suddenly impossibly darker. Muted tones of green and drab browns, as the color palette of the universe had collapsed down upon itself. Valentine saw all of this as before, and was about to say so when he remembered this was how things always were. And then, he noticed something else. Look there. Just underneath those pilings. An access hatch. Ah, it is so wet. There's nothing here. It's cold and I'm damp. I don't know if you're kidnapping me or what, but I want a hot bowl of soup. Now! Quit squawking and look. So, it's a hatch. It's probably a sewer pipe. Sewer pipes don't have a security pad and keycard reader. Come on. 
Making their way down a rusty ladder, they edge their way along a rocky ledge to the mysterious panel, the unmistakable Voltex symbol above the keypad. Oh, my shoes are getting wet. Here we go. Put your card in there. Where is... Well, ah, here it is, Hannah. E-code identification verification, David Dwecker, Vault Tech Agent 107, access verified. Your name is David Dwecker? Well, that kind of takes all the intrigue away. Please enter security access code. Ah, wants a passcode. Any ideas? Search me. Vault 47, five-digit code, has to be 747683. Welcome, Champion of Justice, or vault Tech authorized personnel. Security systems deactivated. Please proceed. Oh, how on earth did you figure that out? Old telephone keypads were alphanumeric. I took a stab that the code was shroud. Let's go. Finding their way down a dimly lit tunnel, panels of light illuminating ahead of them which each step, flickering light danced on the tunnel wall as they walked past massive reinforced windows flanked by Art Deco columns. Oh, my giddy aunt. Yeah, you said it. How did I miss this? A massive concrete dome facility rose just outside the window, shrouded in seaweed and the wreck of centuries of boats of the once industrious harbor at last succumbing to the waves above. Come on. They at last emerged into a dark echoing cavern, its ceiling so high it was nothing but a dark void. Ahead, an eerie blue light beckoned them forward. Before them was a sight Valentine knew all too well when Nora had returned to where this all began. A cryogenic pod. Cryogenics? Ah, just like Vault 111. Two pods here. One of them empty. Let's take a look here at the terminal. Looks like a relay shorted and activated an emergency protocol on this one over here. Um, years ago? Two years ago, same day father sent the signal to Vault 111 and let Nora out. Strange. There's someone still in here. Should we let them out? Magnolia sent us here for a reason. There's one thing I know. It's trust a siren. Initiating cryogenic storage release protocols. Resuscitation process initiated. Vitals non-responsive. Initiating phase two, resuscitating. Vitals nominal. Activating servos. Please move all personnel to thermal safe zone. Stand back. We're about to get a kiss of the Arctic. That? The air shifted around them as the universe groaned under the weight of something waking, clawing its way to the surface. Valentine had forgotten, but then 
He remembered. That's... It can't be. I have... Return to you. The time has come for justice, for hope. Death will come for all evil doers, and I am its shroud. How on earth did you get down here, J Jefferson? Jefferson, the cab driver? No, no, no. Jefferson Shaw, the pewter Parker, my plucky assistant being being trained as an instrument of justice, egads. Some cryogenic cad has absconded with my companion. Curse you, hungry Adam! I'm very confused. Vault-Tec built this vault for you and your assistant. Built? No. I bought it. By night, I am the instrument of vengeance in a city corrupted by crime. By day, I am multi-zillionaire Seth Shadwell. Seth Shadwell? Of course. I've heard of you. You made your fortune. Promoting bottle cap currency as the currency of tomorrow? <laughs> How did we do? You cleaned up. Look, you've been on ice for a few years. The date. I must have the date, my good man. It's it... 2287. Impossible! I have overslept. Come, there is work to be done. Computer! Good evening, champion of justice. Activate the scales of justice! Scales of justice? In times of villainy and devilish deeds, my network of satellites correlates police reports, canvases crime centers, tracks known delinquents to maintain the homeostasis. Of justice? Exactly, my yellow coated. Not to be rude, uh, but scab-faced fellow, just what sort of skin condition has disrupted your dermis? I'm a ghoul. Don't be too hard on yourself. There was a time when zillionaire Seth Shadwell was a wolf of the old world. Assessment complete. Scales indicate. Potato. Potato? Shoelace unicorn. Same words Hancock uttered after smoking a tire that one time. Exclamation point. Justice. Angry face emoji. No. No, it can't be. There is so much evil in our once proud city and nation that it has shattered the algorithm of justice. I. I cannot kill that many people. Not in a day. Not even in a lifetime. Yeah, look, buddy, if you need a target, we've got the end game boss that we could use a hand with. Point me towards the foe, and I shall introduce him to my silver dummy gun! We're gonna need more than just a gun. What can you tell us about the mechanist? Did you... say... Mechanist? Good name, keyword, detected. 
Receptionist, activating maximum defenses. What's happening? The Mechanist was the deadliest foe I ever encountered. If he has returned from beyond the grave, our situation is dire, dear friends. He must not reach full power and amass his robot army of terror. Attention, please stand by. Ascension in progress. Ancient gears surging with power. Vault 47, the new headquarters of the Silver Shroud and the Champion of Justice, broke the surface of Boston Harbor for the very first time. With a grinding of metal and concrete, the dome opened at last to the world above, the sea air rushing in to the dank interior. Quickly, we must find Jefferson to the Silver Phantom. The Silver Phantom? Isn't that... He's not going to be thrilled when he sees what his Wonder Boy has done to his wheels. What in the name of justice? Someone has walked off with my wheels! I'll save you some time. Come on, we need to meet up with the cavalry and fill you in on a few things. Crossing a now dripping barnacle-encrusted catwalk back to the pier, Valentine gestured for the Voltec rep to call for a cab. Moments later, a crowd of raiders ran terrified down the street, being pursued by that terrifying maniacal limousine on a mission. In a screeching of tires, it fishtailed into a stall front, coming to a dramatic stop. Someone need a cab? Jefferson? Well, shit. Jefferson, what have you done to the Chariot of Justice? Just making a living out here the best I can. What's it look like? Well, how long have you been serving as a cab with my car? A couple years, ever since your fancy-ass computer of justice crapped out and spit me out, and then informed me that as your assistant, I had restricted access to the computer. So I could play a round of Nuka Tapper, but couldn't so much as turn on the TV, much less wake your silver ass up. Dare you talk to me like that? Hey, you know what? I'll walk. Uh, thanks for your help. Please, just leave me alone. Now, tomorrow, whenever. Look, I imagine you two have a lot of ground to cover, but we need to get back to Diamond City fast. The Mechanist has the... The sky once again distorted. In a flash of blinding light, the clouds parted as the stars didn't just come out, but vomited forth from a void, as if the universe itself, somehow sick, was having a violent reaction to unknown forces. What in the name of all that is holy? You can see that? See what? It's... it's as if the very heavens themselves are being torn apart. What unholy force is tempering with... The very universe itself. But you can see that. Detective Nick Valentine and the Silver Shroud watch in awestruck horror as day turned to night and an ear-spitting sound as if all the people of Earth were crying out at once in an old, old tongue chanted the name of something unspeakable. The ground transformed. The buildings melted away and with a sickening jolt, space and time twisted back into place. Nick Valentine remembered what he'd seen before, and then he forgot. Standing on a beach, a body in a radiation suit before them, face down in the sand, 
Nora stood holding herself with tears in her eyes while Dance knelt in the sand, inspecting the body. He's been dead for at least a day. I can't believe it. Sorry, a little dizzy. Nora, we need to find out who did this. What do you think, Valentine? Based on tides and currents, that would put him near... Ah, Valentine? Ah, yeah. Fine, just a little... I'm fine. He would have been dumped in Southie. I'm starting to wonder if that dirty bomb wasn't just a cult sacrifice, but insurance. Insurance for what? To operate in plain sight. You're gonna need some heavy-duty rad suits or hope that the Shroud's limo is lead-lined. When he and Hancock get back from dealing with Boss Lombardo and Mad Ma, we're heading down there to end this, or at least get some answers. At the far end of the beach, a cry rang out. No! Nick! Nicky! Tell me it's not him! McCready! Dance gently turned over their fallen friend, gazing at the single bullet hole that went right through the radiation suit and into his heart. I'm sorry, Daisy. I told him. You stupid smug bastard. I, I, I told you you'd get yourself killed. Doing what? Oh, he, he's been doing jobs for this new play in town. Boss Lombardo? No, no, someone else. Called himself the Duke. He had been working out of Southie before the blast. Here. Daisy pulled a chain and pouch from around her neck and beneath her shirt. Opening it, the dim glowing light of a holotape blinked up at them. He left this with me before heading out the other night. Made me promise to keep it close no matter what. And if anything happened... You'd know what to do. I'm... I'm gonna head back. I need to get word to his kid. Thanks, Daisy. I'll walk you back, Daisy. Nick, I'll round up some of Hancock's boys to come get him. Red Rocket. Our first home, really. We always said it's where, for the first time in a long time, he... He felt like home. Do you want me to... I can't go back there, Dance. Not yet. It's okay. I'll take care of it. Wish you would have asked for help, kid. Hey, hey! Private Dick! Now, I, I, I know I'm probably the last person in the universe you'd be expecting to hear from again, but hear me out because this involves all of us. Uh, even me! I'm kind of fond of me. I mean, look at me. You? I'm hoping you haven't been turned into a toaster yet by those tin can troopers. Listen, they're doing some, uh, let's say, work. There's a new player in town. Calls himself the Duke. And honestly, after I made a crack about his name and he decked me one, this guy means business. The pay was good, but the jobs were weird. I'm talking guarding caravans materials arriving by boat at midnight, tailing people, picking my way into tombs, busting into cabin house kind of weird. But here's where things get personal. 
One night I overhear him talking to someone. Real loon by the sound of him, but... His voice, man. His voice sent a chill right up my spine. Something about it was... wrong. They were planning something big down in Southie. The Duke mentions you by name, and this other guy keeps asking questions about Nora, Dance, and some others. He mentions something about having me where they can see me. Didn't hear anything more as Duke headed back downstairs, but last thing he mentioned was the pawn on the Fisher at four. No idea what in the hell that means, but passing this along. I'm gonna tail the boss tonight to see what's up, and dropping this off with Daisy today just in case, well... Just in case I cash in my caps. Make sure people don't drink at my funeral, okay? <laughs> um, seriously though, Valentine. Everything we did for this place, everything we fought for, you helping Nora, I, I honestly never thought you'd help her find her kid. Well, I say kid when what you brought her home to was a sociopath, science daddy, and slacks. Good job on that, by the way. Anyway, I know you've always looked at me as some kind of trigger-happy merc that would do anything for caps, but... I want you to know you're one hell of a detective. Wish we had someone like you back in the Capital Wasteland to work things out when my boy got sick. Cure worked, by the way. Saved up enough to leave all this behind and be the daddy thinks I am. Just one more job. Because I owe it all to Nora. Everyone. Yeah. He's sudden. He can't be alone out there. When this is over, he won't be. Pawn on the Kingfisher at four? Mechanist is playing a game. With all of us. Pawn is a piece on the board, but more than that. It's the lowest chain on the link. But for what? And what's a kingfisher? In Southie, only place it could be. Four-leaf fish-packing plant close to the water. Someone's sailing in. And if we're in luck, they're not here yet. Something is tampering with the fabric of the universe, dear friends. A clue from McGreedy. The Silver Shroud alive and well in the city of Boston. Day in and day out, clock in, clock out. And what's for lunch? To an official and rye again. I wish I had something to liven up my lunch date. Please make way for His Royal Highness, King Alex. Thank you, thank you, nobly stay seated. We are just here to partake in our lunch with you. Little people who make Rob go, what it is. Alex, what happened to you? It's his lunch changed everything. Tis true. Once I was but a peasant, but then I truly found sovereignty in a snack. A snack? Why, yes, my good man. Here, share in our boat. A small frosted cake. Oh. Mm, oh my! It's a delight in every bite! Indeed! Indeed! It's packed with energizing sugars and sweeteners that will keep it frosted and delicious forever. 
tis toth-achingly sweet. You're no peasant. For dessert you want a present. Fancy lad snack cakes. So delicious and fancy, you'll want to eat them with your pinky out. Fancy lad snack cakes. For discerning palates only. While our friends mourn another fallen comrade, the Silver Shroud and Hancock speed to Rafino's in the North End. The stronghold of the newly crowned leader of the Triggermen, Boss Lombardo and Mad Ma Lombardo. Master, my lead-footed lackey. Yeah, yeah. This is one swanky ride, Shroud. That's Silver Shroud to you, and it is, isn't it? A complete mobile arsenal, crime lab, and cocktail bar at your disposal. Red ale, and it's cold. Nice. Hey, there's a uh, bottle opener in the door pocket. <laughs> nice. Hey, how much would you sell? The Silver Phantom of Justice is not for sale. Get out of my collectible beer stash. Silver Shroud back there likes his highballs. You get enough in him, he breaks character and cries for an hour that he wasn't hugged enough as a kid. And then he pretends he's a tentacle monster from another dimension that's really into books. Like, I really into books. I do not. Okay, tough guy. You took a wrong turn. I'm heading up Beacon. At this time of day, are you mad? Oop, that's me. What are you doing? Someone called for a cab. Cab? We are on the trail of merciless killers and an evil plot to unravel the Commonwealth and reality itself. Hey, pal, if you want to pony up with my back pay, I'll leave the old bag on the sidewalk. Superheroes and protectors of the innocent, do not trifle over such common things as money. We fight for justice because it's right, says the zillionaire. With inflation, you owe me a million and a half caps. Bank's good on the exchange there, Mr. Justice. Driver done broke the bank at Monte Carlo. Mr. I why do you want to... Oh, slow down! She's elderly and likely to be startled. Show you some justice of the upstart. The long silver car slows to a halt and a hunched elderly lady smiles holding a bag of recently scavenged groceries from the ruins of a quiet neighborhood. Climbing into the front seat, cane in hand, she smiles sweetly. Oh, thank you, Sonny. So much walking today. Where are we headed, Grandma? Oh, uh, you know, the little Italian bakery. The bombed-out one with the murder bots garden, some comic books, and a bottle cap stash? Oh, yes, that's the one. I live in a dumpster just round back. No sweat. Meet her on. On our way to Grandma's house. Salt of the earth, that one. Man, truth is this. Pardon me, madam, but have you seen any vile villainy afoot in this neighborhood? It is positively biblical, the level of destruction that has happened to the once safe streets about their city. Well, things have been tough for you since the Griphook gang got eaten by the Mirelurks back in 89. What on earth is a Mirelurk? Lobsters. An iconic Bostonian tradition 
served with a swimming bath of butter, lemon, and justice. Yeah, these, uh, lovely car you have here, Sonny. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is my car. Where are you all headed in such a hurry? There is a shroud of secrecy to our mission, my good woman. But fear not. Tonight, we act to shield the innocent and elderly such as yourself from evil. You, uh, that's one hairy knee. Jefferson! Completely uncalled for. Rule 47 in the Silver Shroud Companion Doctrine dictates that we do not judge appearances, merely deeds. <laughs> yes, Sonny. I got a real hairy everything. You should see my back. No one wanted to see the back. You don't want to see the back. With a flourish and a flare, a plasma pistol was whipped out of the shopping bag, and the hat and wig tore away to reveal... Fish Lips Malone, the master of disguise. I should have known. I mean, I did, but what the hell do I know? I'm just the driver. Welcome back to Boston, silver schmuck. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be curtains for all of you. We got a new boss in town, big plans, and sadly, you're not on them. Hell happened to her lips. Yes, indeed. Fish Lips Malone, once a bookie for the Malone crime family when accidental exposure to mutated jellyfish goo in salmon pate transformed him into a ghoulish abomination. Lips of illusion that, when puckered, added to even the most clever disguise. Ha 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 ha! Foolish foe! We are in the silver phantom of justice! The way may be on your turf. You have walked into the most perfect trap ever conceived. Computer, activate passenger side. Passive aggressive restraint. Attention. Activating passenger side. Passive aggressive restraint. Error. Unit depleted. What on earth? Yeah, sorry. I used up the power pack trucking around the minivan. Enough of this! Give me that wheel! Let go, you fish-lipped weirdo! I kick you with the feet of justice! As Jefferson wrestled with the wheel, and the shroud used ancient Tibetan ass-kicking techniques, the car careened dangerously down the street, at last smashing into a building, the passenger side door hopping open. Get out of the car! With a final kick, Fish Lips Malone tumbled free of the car, rolling down the sidewalk before coming to a stop. You best have made this time, sober shroud. But when next we meet... Daylight's coming on only briefly, the car accelerated backward, flattening his puckered lips for the last. The silver shroud straightened his ascot and pulled himself a highball. Nicely done, Jefferson. And with that, the car was off. Night descended, and as the lights came on at Rafino's, the who's who of the Commonwealth Underground started filling into the bar and restaurant. In a side alley observing the arrivals, the Silver Phantom sat in shadow. I forgot how much of your brand of justice is just sitting in a parked car polishing your gun so you can plan your perfect entrance only to just go on a shooting spree. Silence, Jefferson, and observe. Man, everyone is here. That's Morowski. 
Igor Ernie, One-Eyed Sam, Nadine Triplets, Alice Yakwoman McGee, man, they never and I need never get together like this. Something big is going down tonight. Yes, indeed, my flesh-peeling friend. The Shroud of Death is descending upon the streets of the North End tonight, and her streets will be bathed in the blood of these fiends. Ever seen anyone who needs to be laid more than you? Finally, somebody else says it. Come on, Hancock. We shall make our way inside. Want to go in through the back door? The Silver Shroud will be going in through the front door. Jefferson! Yeah, I know. Wait with the car. Good lad. Some things never change. Justice never sleeps. Jackass. Gathering weapons and concealing them beneath a silvery trench coat and a 16th century dressing gown, the Silver Shroud and John Hancock marched inside the smoky interior, assaulted by music and the sound of clinking glasses and clattering silverware. Guards immediately trained guns on them. Well, well, well. Put the heat away, boys. These fellas just walked in from a dream. Tempt me not vile villainous of... Mayor John Hancock, in my place. Come here, sugar. We've had a VIP booth for you since we opened up. Hey, what can I say? Don't you know who I am? You're the Silver Shroud. My name is the Black Rose. Consider me your hostess. Come on with me, sugar. We'll get you all hooked up. We've got the finest of everything here, and what we don't have, we can get. Unbelievable. Our heroes were led to a quiet table in an enclave of the brilliantly furnished bar and restaurant. A band played lively as the who's who of racketeering, kidnapping, raiding, and murder smiled, danced, and ate. The Black Rose sat with them, dangerously close to Mayor Hancock. So, uh, what's the occasion? Anyway, not every day we see a gathering like this. Just say it's an anniversary party. The boss and Ma have been working on something big for a while. Now, what would it take for you to tell me? More than a night, and more caps than you have, sugar. Pardon me, but I've been told my square jaw and steely gaze are considered by most, if not many, as being traditionally handsome. Would you tell me? You're not my type, Pops. Did you just call me Pops? Get your hand off the trigger, you idiot. Open fire in here and we'll be riddled with so many bullets. Valentine will need to put us back together again with one source. Your friend is a little cranky. Heard all your radio shows. Oh, really? Haha. <laughs> oh, what? Which was your favorite? I don't remember. I was six or seven. Oh. If you'll excuse me, fellas, I'll have some drinks sent over. On the house. A spotlight illuminated the stage as the curtains slowly pulled back. In a clean and starched tuxedo, Boss Lombardo strode forward with Mad Ma seated on a throne just behind him. On the corner of the stage, a statue of Magnolia looked out at the audience. As Hancock looked closer, 
To his horror, he realized that it wasn't a statue, but Magnolia herself, turned to solid stone, but with still living eyes. Hey, give it up for our house band. Nicely done there on the key changes, Billy. Ma blew up a few fingers when he started playing Johnny Guitar. <laughs> Not my house. Now you don't know me, and those of you who do remember, remember a kid doing a little jobs for little kids. Orphanage fire, a time I dropped poison in the water supply at Revere Beach, when I sold my gang to slavers passing through on their way to D.C. Hey, sorry about your kids, Ernie. <laughs> a familiar figure slides into their booth, dragging on a cigar, circuitry blinking on the side of a ruined face. Mind if I take a seat? It's a little tight in here. Maybe uh, you sit somewhere else, Kellogg? My friend, smoking is a filthy habit. Some say they'll be the death of you. And here I am, still kicking. Sometimes even death needs a hand. <laughs> you know, I had a Silver Shroud action figure when I was a kid. Always dreamed to meet Neil. I hope I meet your expectations. Honestly, I thought you'd be a little taller. I get that a lot. They say obsessive with size is the size of a very particular disorder. Can I get out of the booth, please, before you two riddle each other with bullets? No, no, no. It's all good, John. For people like us, this is just friendly shit talk. Yeah. I love that action figure. He used to be just that to me. And now here you are. In the flesh. You're welcome. It might be that noxious cloud of cigar smoke you're puffing in my face, but you're being very unclear. You'll see soon enough. Meanwhile, we're being rude. This is a big night for us. But uh, that was the past. I want to talk about the future. For too long, we've been on a rat wheel, boys. Run around and round. You kill one of them, they kill two of us. We kill one of yous, you kill one of us. And who's making out in the end? Everybody else. They push forward and we pull back. Brotherhood, Minuteman, and some uppity brought from 200 years ago who just shows up one day and decides to tell us how things should be. Back in the old country, way, way back, we wanted to know what the fates had in store for us. We visited the oracles. They looked beyond the veil or smoke, some leaves or whatever bullshit they needed to figure out where we fit in, right? Into the grand scheme of things, right? And that's what we're talking about here. Scheme. Someone's idea of how things should be. Thing is, it's not about some high and mighty soul survivor and even a John Hancock. A drug addict, flesh-picked ghoul had no skin of his own, so he put on the guise of another. Hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> a guest of honor, ladies and gentlemen. The Silver Shroud. Terrible way for a guest to act. Sit down! Or our guests might get a little anxious. 
Wrap it up, Carmen. Come on, let me have my moment, Ma. <laughs> Mama's boy. Let's eat. Enough of this exposition and peacock plumage, Boss Lombardo. You all know me. You've known my name, burned in the fires of the old world, and what I stand for. Your time and chokehold on this city is over. You see, folks, this is what I'm talking about. Someone else's rules. Someone else's rules. I say, fuck the rules. Now, a good friend of mine, the mechanist, or as his friends call him, the Duke, right now he's moving to change things. Little things at first, but soon everything we ever failed at will be a win. He's been kind enough to arrange a little demonstration tonight with someone <laughs> who has a big mouth and not a lot of respect. Boys, bring out a rat. Wheeled out from backstage and strapped to a dolly, a rat-faced man with glasses and three arms was rambling and begging for his life. I'm telling you, boss, Ma, I, I didn't know, I didn't tell nobody nothing. Nothing, I tell you, that caravan god tricked me. Yeah, that's right, pumped me full of something. No idea, no idea what I was saying. Ma, come on. Come on, Ma, it's me, Louie. I do your hair, Ma. You want this one, Ma? They say a girl with secrets keeps them in two places. Her heart and a hairdresser. <laughs> Louie here, ladies, gives just about the best beehive permanent this side of the Appalachians. Louie and I had a trust. Louie, the rat, broke that trust, didn't you, Louie? It was an accident, Ma. Slipped out playing cards. I snorted mentats and buff out. I, I don't know what happened. And because Louie has a big fat mouth about a certain crown, he caused us all sorts of trouble with our good friend. So, Louie gets a little treat. No, no, please, please. Friends, tonight you're going to get a taste of what we're cooking. Beneath all of us and somewhere else has been and always been a creation engine. Every choice you make, action you take, guided by this cosmic doohickey. Some worship it as a god. Me, I look at it like anything else. A mock. Speaking of, get set and go! Oh god, please, please. No! Someone help me! Don't just stand there! If all their very eyes, Louis the Rat, former best beehive hairdresser east of the Appalachians, was enveloped in a strange aura of energy. His features distorted, changed shape, his clothes becoming clean, then dirty again. His hairstyle transformed from long to short to buzz cut. His eyes became smaller, larger, and suddenly cartoonish. Then suddenly, and at last, he transformed into a giant screaming mole rat. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Louis the Rat. Good night, Louis. Now's our chance. Taste 
my canisters of justice. Shoot them, shoot them. Stay low to the ground, my crusty companion. Call me one more derogatory term, I am going to lose my shit. In the confusion in Crossfire, they'll take each other out. The boss is mine. Turn up the ventilation, ma. There, there's the son of a bitch. Death has come for you, evildoer. And I am its shroud. As the Silver Shroud took aim at Boss Lombardo, an energy field enveloped his weapon. Growing warm to the touch in a horrifying instant, it was replaced by... A corgi? What kind of witchcraft is this? That's impossible. You folks want to see more? How about this? The room rippled and shimmered, and as the shroud watched in horror, Hancock's color faded away as he was slowly turned to stone. A John Hancock statue of my very own. Hancock! I swear, in the name of innocence, that you will pay for your crimes. What do you think, Ma? Room in that garden for a silver shroud figure? <laughs> Only if I can take pot shots at it to slowly chip away the face. Therapy's expensive these days. The rounded outgunned, and with dark forces whispering all around him, the shroud for the first time felt true fear. Suddenly... Phantoms all through the front of the building! Machine guns blazing! Anybody need a cab? <laughs> Jefferson! Good work! We must withdraw back to Diamond City with haste! Shoot him! Shoot him, damn it! The next stone you see, you will be looking up at from six feet under! Death will come for you, evildoer! For a. Uh... I am its shroud, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, fuck off a lot of you! Drive, Jefferson! Thanks for choosing Rufino's for your authentic Italian dining experience in Boston's historic North End. Hi, jeez, Ma, what the hell? Now let them get away! You had a machine gun, Ma, and a one-eyed five-year-old has better eight. You took out half our crew. Ah, they're expendable. Pack up. Bring the book. The ship sails soon. The pawn has arrived. A thrilling shootout. And what horrific powers has the mechanist summoned? As the Silver Shroud and Jefferson retreat back to Diamond City to meet up with the rest, we pause for a brief commercial break from our sponsor. Are you looking for a stallion that'll give you the ride of a lifetime? Put some serious steel between your legs with Giddy Up Buttercup. More than a horse, Giddy Up Buttercup is your friend with benefits. The ultimate in equestrian robotics, Giddy Up Buttercup is programmed to perfectly emulate the behavior of an actual horse. He neighs, he trots, he'll love you lots. And we mean lots. Whoa, Nelly! Since 2042, Giddy Up Buttercup by Wilson Automatoys has asked only one thing. Ride me. Ride me hard. Hop in the saddle, buckaroo. Giddy Up Buttercup is waiting for you. What? 
What's that? I'll read this. This... Uh, okay, sure. <clears throat> Diamond City Radio apologizes to the residents of Diamond City for a giddy-up buttercup ad you just heard written by Travis Lonely Man Miles, who, while newly confident in his duties as a radio DJ, is still salty about his rejection by Scarlet, waitress at the dugout inn, who, amongst other things, collects antique toys. Is that good? Would you like me to try it again? Okay. All right. After a rendezvous at Diamond City, and receiving word that the transformed Hancock had been taken with the Lombardos to the irradiated South Boston, the Silver Shroud, Detective Valentine, Dance, and Nora discovered a ship docked at the four-leaf fish-packing plant. Deftly making their way inside, they are now crouched in hiding as a wizened old man in a wheelchair argues with the Lombardos. Bulls! You could have damaged the crown permanently with your bumbling! You can't just roll on in here, you old fart, and start bossing us around. If not for us, your cult would be cooked. And you never would have gotten your hands on the crown or unleashed the mechanist. My family has been working towards this very moment for centuries. Your feelings, madam, are so infinitesimally small in comparison to the cosmic forces I shall be summoning this evening. Gods! Set sail for Spectacle Island! Spectacle Island? I did a stint off-Broadway, but I do still love a little bit of theatrics. Tonight, we shall indeed create a spectacle the likes of which the city of Boston has never seen before. With a roar of jetpack fire and flapping wings, the mechanist sawed through the cargo hatch and landed with a clank. There's the bastard. Whatever they're cooking up, it's not good. We need to get our hands on that crown. I have bought. I have brought ample clouds of disorienting gas, or hallucinogenic gas, friends. Fear not. We'll make short work of them. Preparations at the island are now complete. Do you remember the ritual? The steps must be absolutely precise, or all of this will end in ruin. Don't coddle me, you armored cliché! My ancestors wrote the damn book! Here, the Grivvikna, the compendium of forbidden knowledge from the madmen of the ancient world! With this stuff forged, the universe is ours to command! The engine of creation answering our will! With it, we shall live outside causality itself! Able to reshape this world to anything we wish it to be. How is that even possible? Drink a gallon of gasoline once and had tea with God. Pretty sure if you're loony enough, you can dream anything. There's no way. No, my friends. I've had dealings with wielders of the arcane arts. Dr. Satan and his white worms of Qualtech. My most deadly encounter. The process of ritual is simple. The eye of a true believer. And Conley. The eye of a true seer. Mama Murphy. Anointed 
and affixed to the top of a staff of purest heartwood. But not just any wood. The branch of the twice-born tree. Look, over here. What the hell is that thing? What the hell is that thing? Gangs. I procured it under mysterious circumstances from the capital wasteland. But I am told its name once was Harold, twice born when he became a living tree. The rod is then immersed in the tears of age's end. Courtesy of our synth allies in the cult of Adam. You got barrels of the stuff to work with. One will suffice, and the final ingredient we'll have soon enough, if it all goes according to plan. Excellent. Do you think our friends now understand the reality of the forces that they are dealing with? The jigger is up! Go! Go! Eat my canisters of hallucinating pain! The mechanist flapped his wings rapidly, hurling the canisters to the far end of the deck, dissipating the gases. As our heroes round down the catwalk, they were cut off by a dark aura enveloping the stairwell. From it, with eyes as black as night, Obadiah Blackhall, the arcane tome in hand, whispering softly, emerged, suspended in the air. Leaving so soon, friends. I insist. You stay. In point of fact, let's keep you where we can see you. Before any of them could act, color faded from their forms as they were turned to stone, their eyes darting wildly, still alive, seeing, and aware. Uh, your power of the book grows, old man. But the crown will not answer to me. In the end, you must wear it for this to be complete. And so it shall be. Thoughts racing through their heads, but with no mouths to speak, ears to hear, or movement to make, they watched through the portholes of the aging ship as Spectacle Island appeared in the mists. One by one, they were offloaded, wheeled far into the island, the flickering fires of a circle of power. Runes littering the stone floor and walls deposited near the still stone Hancock. Chanting rose high from the assembled masses. Triggermen, synths, all the enemies of light and goodness gathering to call something old forth. As the ritual began, the staff took shape. Blackhall, speaking a dead language from beyond time itself. The mechanist, wearing the crown, compelling the binding ritual. As Blackhall, enthralled by the book, grew weaker with the exertion, the color began to return to our heroes. Distracted by the concentration, the stone faded away. Has come for you, evildoers, and I am its shroud. I cannot contain them and complete the ritual. Do something! Seize them! Get off me. Hey, this robot is getting a little handsy, if you know what I mean. Uh, didn't say this. Shoot it, Nora. Shoot the staff. He can't complete the ritual. In justice's name! Shoot!
What in the name of justice is that? The mysterious stranger. There, just as I foretold. The crown on the mechanist's head flared to light. Tendrils of energy and raw telekinetic force ensnares the mysterious stranger. The entity unbound by time and space that comes to a hero's call to kill or to save. Mysterious magnum falling from his face. A look of genuine surprise passed over his face. In an instant, he was yanked forward towards the altar. In triumph, Blackhall raised the arcane blade and plunged it into the struggling entity. No! Did you really think you were not expected? Anticipated? Sharp knife! Sharp knife to send him to the deep temple! Flane, say my words, for I am the gate, I am the mouth of the word. In a cold of name, feast on the blood of the unbound stranger! <laughs> it is complete! All the power of the universe! Rise, Unquototh! The gate is open! Yes, the gate is open. But not for your god, puny human. What do you mean? Slight change of plan. Your assistance and loyalty has been most beneficial to me, Obadiah Blackhall. But that usefulness has now come to an end. Oh, you lied to me. No, no, not when we were so close. Ugwaldoth, Abdul, come forth. Alhazred, quiet, quiet. Hear my call. Listen close, Obadiah Blackhall. Your judgment is silence. The void is empty. Here. Allow me to help you to fill it. Compelled by the crown, Obadiah Blackhole shuffled forward into the crackling energy of cosmic forces amassing in a staff before him. Forces he now dreamed of wielding stretched out, shredding him into ribbons and pulling him into the timeless void he dreamt his god slumbered in. With a keening wail, he was gone. No! Stop it! Stop it, Mechanist! Face me, hiding behind your cult of synthetic slaves and rabid robots. Lest you fear that once again, your powers pale in the face of true justice. Two figures emerged from the shadows of the stone-lined hall. Gellard lit up a cigarette, a triumphant smirk on his face. So much talking. Just get on with it already. Looks like that bridge there is cooked up right, yeah? I told you both to wait in the boat. Fools! You have no idea how long I've been waiting for you to take off that helmet so I'd have a clean shot. I figured that crown didn't exactly fit well over a helmet. You know, for whatever the hell you are, you're pretty fucking thick. That staff... Give it to me. <laughs> Look around you, Kellogg. You stand alone. Perhaps you'd like a word with the boss. Word. I'm not real good with him. What I am good with is knowing what horse to back. 
Yours is running flat out for crazy town. I'm hedging my bets with someone with a brain. Half a brain anyway, we shot up the other half. Betrayal? How charming. I'm guessing on this side, whatever void you crawled out of, you live by our rules now. Let's find out. Kellogg fired, and before the mechanist could summon the arcane power to stop the bullet's path, his movements caused the bullet to strike the scarab, its jade crystal shattering from the impact. Ah! My crown! But I need it not. Is it the staff you want, Kellogg? It's the staff that you shall have. Seizing the staff, the mechanist raised it triumphantly. Too many plots, too many voices and characters. Let us simplify things. Give my regards to Blackhawk. Raising up the staff, the mechanist waved it in the air, forming an arcane symbol, and then in a violent downward stroke in Kellogg's and the boss's direction. In an instant, they faded from existence. Too many plots, too many voices and characters. Cut, cut, cutting room. Concock, cultists and triggermen alike vaporized in silent screams. The island shook, water peeling back as pulses of energy rippled outward. In the distance, Diamond City rose, fell and rose again. The Pridwin at Boston Airport vanished, changed shape from a balloon to a spaceship and back again. Dance glanced at Nora. The last thing he saw before he, too, was cut from the universe itself, along with her. Standing alone, Detective Nick Valentine and the Silver Shroud were all that stood against reality itself, tearing apart. We have to get that staff from him. The forces he is wielding aren't meant for human or inhuman hands. We need a distraction. See if you can blind him with some bullets to the face. My speed should give me the upper hand. Finally, you two stand alone. With me and all possibilities, all ideas and outcomes flowing into me. I can hear you. Screw it. Go. Haste my bullets of justice, evildoer. Mechanist. The mechanist is an idea. The mechanist is a fiction. Valentine charged forward with robotic speed and precision, bounding off the walls, grabbing hold of the mechanist's gloved hand, trying to peel his fingers from the staff. With a gesture, Valentine was hurled backwards, slamming into the wall. Your story is coming to an end. So one last twist, I think. The mechanist is me! <laughs> Rickster. Vile villain! Oh, corruption of space and time itself! Be gone from here! We shall not partake in your deceptions and illusions! The Viking goat-footed dude from the Grognak comics? I feel like reality has completely lost a plot! Be the trickster! How do you do? And you! Oh, you beautiful puppet! You open the door, Nora! Open the door and the morsels on the stoop! So delicious! Pain, fear, and a clap of the skies wrapped in a lie. The sole survivor. But what's in her name? Is she numbers bound by ice? No, she's weaving a legend all her own. A legend powerful enough to take a character of fiction and bring it to life. The Silver Shroud, champion of justice, the shadow of Scarlet Square. 
in name alone, you bring hope to the hopeless and fear into the beautiful hearts of evil. Soul Survivor and Silver Shroud Radio. And in borrowed finery, you made them all believe an idea made fresh, just like you. You opened the door, called him a team, in a guise my own, left him from pages just the same. You know, goat-footed, gadfly. You have tampered with the unseen forces of creation itself, tampered with the very tapestry of reality. Oh, there are no words invented and penned to page that can encapsulate your deed. For all that I am, for all that I never was and could be, what I do know is that I am the idea, born from the idea that victims shall be avenged, that wrongs shall be made right in the name of vengeance. Justice! Hear me, monster! Death and erasure has come for you, you fractured fiction! And I am its shroud! Words like bullets that cannot harm me! Not when you wield the same fiction as we! Okay. I genuinely don't understand what's going on right now. Yeah, this is burning out a few circuits trying to wrap my head around. But I think I'm starting to. Out of everyone destined to die, Nora didn't. She... she became a keystone event. It all started with her when she became the Silver Shroud. But I am the Silver Shroud. Now listen. Whether she chose the path that led her to picking up that hat, coat, and gun, or, or some unseen cosmic force did it, it doesn't matter. Because it, it just is. She chose to listen to Silver Shroud Radio and meet Kent Conley. She chose to put on that costume, take action in his name, and build belief in the idea of the Silver Shroud being not just something from a comic book, but something real. Tangible. Reality is not subjective. Is anyone else following this? It's why me, Dance, and Magnolia could see the changes in the world rippling back from right here, right now, as that maniac starts messing with reality. Because you weren't born, Fiddly. You were an idea. I am powerless against you? My silver tommy gun useless? Am I... am I not real? You, we, were born from unfettered belief and faith in an idea. Manifested reality. Because Nora believed in you and made others believe. And now, not only are we free, we can stay. All of us freed. Everywhere, space cracked like splintering glass, shards of cosmic space tumbling away to the surging surf of Boston Harbor. Things from everywhere, every reality, every idea, and the inevitable terminus of an idea crawled forth, free to wander in a brave new world. Helen, Fiend, look around you. You did all this to make yourself a god? 
not a god, God's own Grabbing hold of the skin of reality from another world, it hauled itself into reality. Ah! How do you do? Well, shame about our gatekeeper. <laughs> oh, but oh, what a beautiful tapestry! I could have made with his blood! My Janison twin, the idea made opposite! This trickery! Trickery and madness! Oh, it's a brave new world with such meat bags in it! Just who the hell is this now? Not to be rude, my sharp dressed fellow, but just who in the hell are you? I am a shadow. In your subconscious, if you had one. You're made of paper. What a frail little thing you are. And this one, oh, by the tumor's eye. Someone has already flayed your skin. Beautiful. Can I have the name of your face, Taylor? I'll give him my card. Sheagor. Daedric Prince of Madness. You sure are. Pardon, if that's me. I just ate a 15-pound block of the finest cheese. And then took a nap in a nightmare. Oh, hey, who's up for tippy wings with arms and legs? <laughs> Look, the very cosmos, the sky, it's falling. These maniacs are going to tear it all apart. A crack appeared above them, something white and robotic. A servo-actuated eye fixing them with a cool, malevolent stare. Oh. It's... I don't know who any of you are, or where this is. My monitors, my testing, all gone. I don't know where this place is, but it's dirty. I'd like to go home now. Behind them, footsteps echoed in the hallway. Trickster? Sheogorif? These impersonators are driving me batty! There's only one real joker! <laughs> That's a good one! Look at you! I like the look. Come over here! I'm venting music once! After ripping someone to pieces! Someone tells me. Something tells me. Could it be someone or something? I don't know, but it's time for a tune! Masaki has returned. Now, Grand Fisher's kind will taste defeat from the bow of a Quincy. An arrow through my shoulder. Oh, you daft cow. None of these things belong here. But at least they are fighting amongst themselves. Now what? Hello, Wasteman! It is I, Claptrap, here to save the day! Ow! Wow! Gladys is here! Well, running into an X when you least expect it is... Awkward! Oh, it's you. You fell through a singularity I was saving for someone's birthday party. And then, you never even called. Stop! Can't stop! Whoops! Oh, hang shot. My hand! Oh, shot me! Oi, sorry, you blooming fruit shop owners. That was me, sniper here, the drift on this rifle, sights a bit off. But uh, if you wankers wouldn't mind holding still a bit so I can uh, turn everything above your neck into a fine red mist. His hand is wounded. 
We need to get him away from that staff. In a flash, a bodybuilder in jeans emerged from a tear behind the trickster, booting him in the face, pinwheeling him away into the battling throng as Sheo Gorath was deftly making a jump rope with someone's entrails, the Joker shooting acid into an opponent's eyes. The name's Nukem, Duke Nukem, here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. But there's no gum here in the wasteland. The staff, grab it. Valentine ran forward and was repelled by the crackling forces emerging from the staff. It's no good. It's bound to him. We need to get him far away from here to break the bond. That's a great idea. How? I have an idea. It rhymes with neurotoxin. Oh, I gave away the surprise. Wait. Oh. Oh my. You're beautiful. Madam, this is hardly the time. I wasn't talking to you. You're a hideous, deformed monster that was vomited up half-eaten by a hideous, deformed monster. I was talking to you. You're like me, but with arms, legs, and lips. Unlike my ex, who was a trash can. Would you be interested in testing with me sometime? Ah, sure. Uh, a little busy at the moment with two maniacs about to destroy reality. Yes. They came through portals. I know quite a lot about these. Here. It's a portal gun. You shoot once and then again. You can jump right through. It's very convenient. I once knew someone who killed me. Might I suggest shooting the moon? The moon? Yes. Of course! If we send that split-footed fiend into the vast, oxygenless emptiness of space, he will get his comeuppance. Thank you, intelligent sociopathic blender! For your assistance in the cause of justice. Should you ever find yourself on this side of a nightmare once again, I'd love to make a heart-fortifying blend of nutrients with you in the form of a cool smoothie. If I did dream, it would be imagining you choking on your own vomit of justice for science. Picking up the portal gun, the Silver Shroud targeted the barely visible moon amongst the shattering dome of the heavens, as blue trains with cheery faces breathing fire circled in the sky above. Pulling the trigger, the gun discharged energy surging into the sky further and further until it was no longer visible. That's done it. Shoot him! Shoot him! You can't hurt me, Mr. Me! Villains talk too much, evildoer. Not with my silver tommy gun of justice. But this isn't our world. And only an idea can kill another idea. The portal opened beneath the trickster. The vacuum of space pulling him down in an instant. His wildly gesturing form impacting the surface of the moon. And rolling away in moon dust. The staff now. Take it. Well, hell, I don't want it. I'm not from here, remember? Taking the staff in hand, Valentine felt power surging through him as he saw every path, 
quest, encounter, every action, death, mistake, the tapestry of order, their order, focusing on that pattern, the quaking earth still. One by one, things that didn't belong there, modified into the universe, were sent back. Wasn't even done making a cross stitch with this fella sent you? Ah, oh, jiggeragarite bastard! All this was all your doing! Oh, those alien bastards! Curses! Foiled again! Although I never actually say that. What is this, a, a 19th century melodrama? <laughs> Hichigo, I love you. Wind whipped around them, day turning to night, and the fabric of reality at last shattered and fell away. Opening his eyes, Detective Nick Valentine stood on a vast horizonless void, the silver shroud standing next to him, smiling. A formidable foe to be sure. But Valentine and the Shroud wrought vengeance upon them all. What is this place? I... I think... I think it's where I lived. Lived. Live. Will always... live. This, my friend, is where the ideas of someone Somewhere brought us into being. The engine of creation, in its truest sense, is the mind. And it is here that we must part. I'm not sure how I can thank you. There is... There is no need, citizen. When evil walks the streets, the streets of Boston. One man will always be lurking in the shadows, shielding the innocent, judging the guilty. That guardian is the Silver Shroud. With a smile and a tip of his hat, the Silver Shroud faded away. Alone now for the first time since the first lonely memories he had of wandering in the waste before finding purpose and family, he thought about Nora's words. The end game always comes at a cost. Theirs was the railroad and what they did to its guardians. It was the choice they made then. But what if they made a different choice the next time? I guess we'll find out. The void faded away. A distant voice called to him. Nick. Nick. Hey, Valentine. You okay? Since when do you sleep? Ellie? Everything, uh... Everything okay? Last I checked... Hey, someone dropped this off for you from Good Neighbor. Oh, and there's some people downstairs in a bit of a state about their missing daughter, Darla. You're gonna want to take this one. Your old pal, Skinny Malone, is mixed up in this somehow. Uh... Yeah. Uh... Thanks, Ellie. Detective Nick Valentine looked down at the package and gently opened it. A magnolia and a blinking holotape. Smiling, Nick Valentine remembered. And so had she. Be seeing you soon, Nora. Hey, Valentine. 
tried to drop a few honey thank yous in your ear before you left. Never got the chance. I know you're not big on fanfare. Would rather just duck out the back. But I wasn't letting you off the hook that easy, Hanson. I had a fella tell me once that in the end, we're all just stories. Someone tells our tale, flips that page, and eventually puts us back on a shelf or switches off a terminal and just moves on. You told me that, Nikki. Were we ever really here at all? Hell, I don't know. But with everything that's happened, I think in the end, we're not just stories. You? You'll always be there, waiting in that back alley of Diamond City, where that ruby-red neon sign offers a hope and help to anyone who seeks it out. Me? I'll always be here, with a swagger, a come-hither smile, and a song. Thanks for always looking out for us. You're a good neighbor, Nikki, and this little number is for you. Took a walk out in the fence Had to talk with a man about some cans He asked me what's your flavor I said I need a favor I'm a little short of caps But I'm a good, good neighbor Took a dive with a swan Out in the commons with nothing on The mutant stopped to savor all my bad behavior It's all in a day's work when you're a good, good neighbor We can shake it up a little We can kick it up a notch We can put it on the grid Better get it right